Welcome back to episode 36 of Your List Sucks. We've survived this long. Uh, pretty much with the same panelist every episode because some people don't like to throw their hat in the ring. Uh, we, buy, we have probably the, the meanest panel that's been assembled on call uh, about film tapes. They're not really mean people. They don't say like harsh jokes and defend it on Twitter. But they do... Uh, have very strong opinions, and they will gladly let you know when you're wrong. Um, first on the show, uh, Paul. Paul is back. He's actually off on a Wednesday. Um, thank you. I had to cook, kick Brooklyn out of his spot for you, but I oh, did that. Um, I feel so, kind of bad now. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Uh, he has two personalities. He'll show up in the chat as uh, uh, who's that other guy? <laughs> Kenneth Lee. So yeah, uh, he, he's, al- he's already here. Oh, you're here. Congrats. Um, so uh, do you think? Best acting performances of the the decade. That's a pretty intense topic because there's been a lot of good movies. Um, was this hard narrowed on your list? And do you think you will have the worst list? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, like I could pick a hundred different roles and credibly argue for them being on this list. Um, I'm excited to talk about some stuff that's a little different. I think, and I figured some people would cover some things that uh, I would have otherwise said. But uh, I'm super excited. I mean, you know, acting performances kind of make movies sometimes. And, you know, this is a way to sometimes reward maybe mo- the movie themselves might not be amazing. Um, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But I think, like, this is where we reward actors that do all kinds of different performances. I think it'll be fun. Uh, Paul also kept a tradition alive, uh, sending me his list and changing it um, a day before the show. So, I changed it 10 minutes after I messaged, sent it to you. So Well, true, but he did. At least he changed it, and he was a little nicer this time. He at least gave me at least seven to eight that I've actually seen and one available. So I appreciated that. Next, uh, normally producing the show, uh, but Coho, um, you you get two a month. Uh, you yep. decided this is your one. Uh, why this one? And uh, how many movies from, like, before 2016 are on your list. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and let uh, and and let Glasses Boy over here explain why I needed to be on this episode. Um, I uh, I'm excited to be here. Um, I suggested this topic when we needed a filler, uh, and so I kind of felt like uh, I wanted to be on it then. Uh, plus, I wasn't going to be on Best of 2019 because I shared my list too much, so I was going to do the one instead. Um, but yeah, uh, this will be fun. Uh, and yes, uh, I have the over on Cody eye rolls as well, JTH. Uh, yes, you definitely did, did get punished for sharing your list too much. Um, I'm really excited after this, after seeing everybody's list. I kind of want to do this for like the 2000 to 2009 to kind of see what people would pick for those after movies have aged a little bit. But next, uh, the Mass Hulk himself, uh, <laughs> uh, he is going to cause uh, shockwaves. He's going to make. Uh, Coho go, I don't know what that movie is, but cool. Uh, <laughs> do you think you have the correct list, or do you think you have the most pretentious list? I mean, I don't know how pretentious my list is. It's a little pretentious, I'll acknowledge. Um, I took a lot of work on this. I have a side list that I came up with of 77 performances that was under consideration. So, um, it took me like four hours to do it. Uh, this is a brutally hard list to do, because it's just like there's so many good performances, and like the margins between them is so small. It's just like personal taste at some point. And then you're like, I really like this actor, but is that the best performance of them? It's going to be fun. Fair. And the, um, if 
before 36 episodes, if Kirk was out of the gate first, this could possibly have been his show. He's probably uh, the most opinionated besides myself. Kirk, uh, you're on the show. Do you think – I don't know if you've ever won an episode. I think you might have. but I uh, I think I tied for for a, for a win once. Okay, fair enough. We'll tie yeah. it there. Uh, do you think that you'll do better this time or worse? Than yeah, you I mean – I mean, this is one of those things where there's not. It's, it's hard to get wrong. I mean, there's so many good performances, and I don't. I don't think I put anything on here that's ridiculous. I mean, I had you know I had my short list and I narrowed it down. And uh, like Lucas said, um, I mean, a lot of it did come down to personal preference, just because there's no other way to narrow it down. I had to go to the ones I liked the most. Um, but yeah, I think I got a solid list. I think I got a. Um, I got a, a good chance to to take it tonight. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we're going to actually start with uh, Mr. Paulo Yama himself, Primetime. Uh, tell us your 10 uh, through 8. Uh, so yeah, for number 10, I wanted to give a little different type of performance, a little bit of shine. Um, I went with uh, an absurdist masterwork. Uh, it's Andy Samberg uh, in Popstar Never Stop, Never Stopping. Uh, he plays the con- con- character Connor for real. Uh, I just think this is a brilliant performance and comedic performances are a little undervalued i think in these sort of discussions but i think the way he commits to this character and how ridiculous it is and is incredible um and it's just one of the funniest performances i can remember in like a long long time it's an amazing movie but yeah i think andy sandberg in this is, is really great uh my number nine okay uh, number nine is ethan hawk as uh, reverend greg toller in first reformed uh this is a brilliant brilliant movie i think this is um Maybe my favorite Ethan Hawke performance. Um, there, he just holds so much inside of him, um, and I, I love his monologues when he's writing in his journal, um, and just the way he captures this this guy who's having such conflict with his faith. I think is is amazing. Um, and then my number eight, I did a switcheroo at the last moment. Uh, my number eight is going to be Laurie Metcalf uh, in Lady Bird, um, one of the most warm and humane performances I've seen in a long, long time. Um, I've said this on a show before, but she really does remind me of my own mother, and I think that's part of the reason this connects for me a lot. Um, the way that she's just doing the dishes without even looking at her daughter um, is just one of the most heartbreaking and, and real things. And when she's driving um, to the airport and and driving around Sacramento, that stuff just is heartbreaking. I think she's incredible. But yeah, those, love those three. Okay. Well, future, remember, list them, then go back to them, but I get what you're doing. Um First, your 10, Andy Samberg. This is a little bit of a shock for me, like for you. Because this is always the Paul thing. Paul has his very pretentious picks, and then he throws out these ones. He's like, oh, they're good movies. I like them. Blah, blah, blah. Bring on High School Musical. Um, I actually really like this movie a lot. Uh, I remember, I hate, I honestly do not like Andy Samberg. Uh, I find him very annoying in like his acting performances. Like, his Lonely Island stuff, I think that's the funny, but, like, his overall acting, I don't find that funny. Um, but this movie is one that took me by surprise, and I really did enjoy it. Um, again, you don't get crap for your 10 spot on the show, so well done sneaking that one at the bottom, because, sure, why not? It's your 10. Uh, your 9, uh, I saw this movie last night. Um, this movie is character... Like, this movie is all him. Basically, the rest of the movie is, like... I know it all centers around him. I don't like the overall movie, but his performance is very hard to not, like, be mesmerized by. I think it's literally one of the best acting performances. I'm really surprised. Was he nominated for this performance? Nope. Nope. But you know who won. 
So that's a little shocking because after watching that, I was like looking back on the previous year. It's literally one of the standouts. Um, but again, this is about performances. I think you picked one of the best performances of the 2010s. And then your eight, I've already said it before, Aunt Jackie from Roseanne does a fine job in this role. She's as loving and caring in that show as she is in this movie. It's fine. She's just a little, she's like uh, not as spazzy, as I would say. So that's fine. I think she's okay. I think everybody going crazy over her was a little, little nuts, but that's just my opinion. But that's the whole show. You can't, no one else can say anything. So I love when you put Lady Bird like right in that spot so I can like throw jabs and no one can say a word. Um, we're going to go to uh, Coho. So let's Yay. start with Emma Stone and keep it going. Uh, my number 10 is Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. Uh, my number nine is Edward Norton in Birdman. And my eight is Emma Stone in La La Land. Um, we'll wrap it all back up. Uh, Andy Sandler, Uncut Gems. It's, uh, I put him at 10 because uh, I haven't exposed myself enough to Uncut Gems, but that performance left me kind of shook. Uh, it was something very different from Adam Sandler. He leans into the Adam Sandler tropes in the right ways. And like just the scene between him and Kevin Garnett towards the end, I won't spoil it, is just like where you sit there and you're just screaming no at him. And it's just like he's he's great. I think he does a really good job in this role. Uh, Edward Norton in Birdman, I think he's the best performance in the movie. Uh, he kind of plays a hyper-realistic version of himself, and he does it really well. Just when he's trying to direct Michael Keaton – who's trying to direct him. I think that's a great sequence uh, that kind of perfectly sort of encapsulates the persona and the like mystique that's kind of growing around Edward Norton. And he just kind of owns it. Um, and Emma Stone in La La Land. I know everyone's thoughts on this movie. Um, Emma Stone, I think is great. She captures that dreamer role really well. And you just are rooting for her the entire movie. Um, and you feel for her and you on I, I, at least I honestly connected to Emma Stone throughout the entire movie, and I just wanted her to succeed. Uh, I've said enough about La La Land. It's my favorite movie. So. Okay, Uncut Gems. Um, it was my one from last year. I absolutely love this movie. I think it's... Uh, again, that story connected a little bit closer to me because I knew exactly the outcome of that playoff game. Um, I knew, like... So, even though the tensions were high, I knew what was coming, and it still had me in uh, enthralled. So, And I think... I mean, Adam Sandler... Of the movies he did in the 2010s, uh, wasn't great. Glad he finished on top. Um, because there oh, shut up, Paul. Uh, <laughs> you're dramatic, not, a fan of the, uh, not a fan of the cobbler, I see. Uh, not really. Um, uh, <laughs> your number nine, uh, uh, peek behind the curtain. Uh, this actually, uh, previously was Emma Stone in Birdman. Um, sure. So you switched it last minute on me, which is fine. I've seen the movie, so it's fine. I think Edward Norton is the correct choice. I think Michael <laughs> Keaton would be the second choice, and then Emma Stone would probably be the third choice for me, or uh, maybe behind Zach Galifianakis. But um, I I find this role really good. Uh, I just rewatched it this, this year because I watched it during Oscar season. I didn't ever go back to it, so I, I watched it. And his performance, I think, that he, I think Edward Norton just kind of played himself. Like in Hollywood, he's kind of a douche. So, like, I think he was perfect for this. The stories that I hear and everything about him, like, it seems like he was just like that kind of guy. So, it was, uh, it's a fantastic. Um, I mean, it's a good choice. Nine, it's no problem. And your eight is La La Land. I've said it before and said it again. I think she's super weak in this movie. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I find I find her weak in this movie. I don't think she can sing that well. I think. Uh, uh, 
I believe their chemistry because they've worked together for so long. But at the end of the day, I think I think Gosling's better in this movie. Obviously, I think uh, what's that a singer's name that's in this movie? <laughs> John Legend's better in this role uh, than Emma Stone for me, so that's fair. I don't think she deserved the Oscar at all, uh, wow. but that's my opinion on the movie. I Again, oh, you're shocked. This is the 18th time you brought on this movie. I don't know why you're, you're right. shocked. You're I, I right. don't like it. Um, okay, so we are going to Lucas. Lucas, 10, that 9, correct. So mention one right, so, as the actor and then go back to him. Uh, so my number ten is Tom Hardy in Lock. My number Yikes. nine is Adam, Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Yikes! And my number is eight is Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master. Yikes! Okay, Lucas, you don't get to talk right now. We'll come back to you in a second. Um, that's fair. <laughs> this is my favorite <laughs> kind of Lucas. He just gets so. To talk. <laughs> so that means I mean at least the group is so far with you because they yikes your pick. No one else yikes theirs. Kirk. Tell them why everybody's wrong. Tell us your 1098. All right. Uh, my number 10 is Trevante Rhodes for Moonlight. Uh, my number nine is Haley Steinfeld in True Grit. And my number eight is Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, my number 10, Trevante Rhodes. Uh, I think this is one of the most overlooked and um, just underrated performances of the decade. Uh, I know Mahershala Ali got all of the you know attention for Moonlight. Uh, this was the performance of that movie that really sucked me in. Um, he anchors that movie. He plays the older version of uh, Sharon, and he really does a great job of internalizing what the first two versions of the character go through. And he creates just this really amazing character, something really unique uh, that you don't see too much. Um, he just portrays, he just has all that, you see that baggage on him. And he does such a great job of playing that. And also for me personally, what I connected to in that movie more than anything else was his interactions as an adult with his mother. Um, so for me personally, that really hit home. Uh, so I want to put that on my uh, on my list at 10 just because I wanted to be talked about because, like I said, that performance deserves to be talked about a lot more. Um, number nine, Haley Seinfeld, True Grit. True Grit. I think she did an amazing job. Um, I think this this was her, her, her first role. I know it was very early for her. And um, she does a great job. Usually when you put a kid in a role this, like this, they just play an adult. They just play, play act like they're a grown-up. And she does a really good job of uh, being a kid in a situation where they, they have to act like a grown up, but still having that vulnerability and, you know, holding her own against the adults, but still being a, being a child. That's really hard to do. And again, for this movie, her performance, who I walked away uh, thinking about. So um, really enjoyed that. And then number eight, Willem Dafoe. Um, this movie, I, I could have went with, uh, you know, I held myself to one actor per, per or one performance per movie. Um, they both did great in this, but uh, Dafoe is so strong. And the thing about his character is it's almost a, like it's almost like just a stereotype. Like when he first comes on, you're like, oh, he's just playing like the salty sea dog, and like even like the accent, the voice, and everything. Um, but he is just so strong in the entire movie. I mean, he's going, you know, all thrusters firing the entire time. That that one scene where he does that like five minute monologue, he just screaming. The camera's right in his face. That movie just two characters, and it, you know, it's going to live and die by them. And he carries that movie. He's so good, and uh, and uh, so I really love that performance too. Okay, uh, the the correct best picture winner from that year, uh, Moonlight. Uh, correct uh, choice. Uh, I actually really like that. There's a lot of people that you could have picked from that one. Um, 
I absolutely love this movie. I don't. I think he's a fantastic performance. I'm glad somebody mentioned Moonlight on their list because um, uh, I think it's a, literally one of the best films of the decade. I understand maybe why not because they don't not like everybody gets as much screen time. There's a lot of broken up in there, but uh, I think it's a great choice. Um, nine, not the Haley Seinfeld performance I would have picked if I was picking one. I'd probably pick Edge of Seventeen in three. my eyes. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> was gotcha. that the one she wrote her own song, or was that that's the two? No, that's that's two. Okay, that's the better one. Right, no. She's stuck in the dark, but you're her flashlight. Go ahead. <laughs> Please mute him. I, um, I, I, hope I, that's five, I hope that's a five points run on question for you. Shut your mouth. Um, okay. Um, I I, I would have picked Edge of Seventeen. For her performance, but I can't argue that True Grip she's amazing in. I think it's to show the range that she did at such a young age. It's great. Bar shot. Um, <laughs> and uh, the next one, I have made a vow that I will no longer say this movie sucks. This is just not. This is the most uncody movie that I've ever watched <laughs> in my entire life. Um, he does a really good job farting. And singing sea, uh, sea, uh, sea shanties and uh, like f- fighting Robert Pattinson through this movie, but I promise you, I will never watch this movie again. <laughs> so I would have picked Florida Project for a Will of the Fall. Another good pick. That would have that would have been my choice, but because I'm just not a fan of this, uh, put it in the chat, Paul. We'll all get to you in a second. Put it in the chat. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's just my personal thing. Well, that went a lot faster. So now the gloves get to come off. That means everybody gets to talk. Everybody gets to throw uh, uh, punches. And the funny part, the punching bag is up first. Coho, give us your seven. I thought it was no, I'm, I'm up first, I believe. Oh, you are. Never mind. Everybody wait. Wait, Paul, go ahead. But the gloves are uh, So my number seven, I have a feeling that this movie may come up at some point. Um, my number seven, you know, Coho's list is really bad. Uh, and he's an agent sent here to ruin my evening and possibly my entire life. It's uh, Vicky Crepes and Phantom Thread. Uh, I think this is a crazy underrated performance. One second. Um, is this, Lucas, is this on your list too, I think? It is on my list. Um, you said it's, what is it to punt? We Seventh have or four? To... It, it's, is it no, above four? It, it is. It, we can talk what about spot? it. Just say the spot. What spot is it? It's my number four. It's my number. Okay. Four. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so yeah, you guys can talk about it, and then we'll all discuss. Yeah, I think this is an amazing performance. Like, so Reynolds is like definitely the flashier and showier performance in this movie, Daniel Day Lewis. Um, but I think the sort of quiet fury that she holds is something that really elevates the movie to like another level. Um, I think she's just so captivating, and I see she almost absorbs Reynolds' sort of nastiness. You know, when she's when they're sitting down at dinner. And she's looking over at the woman and she's saying, like, she doesn't deserve that dress. Um, you see that nastiness kind of seep into her. Um, and then she sort of just spirals out from there on. It's such an amazing, varied performance that has such a great arc to it. I just think this is um, staggering stuff. And, like, DDL has so much power and charisma on the screen. And I think to hold your own against him is such an achievement. And I think she does that and even more. I can't believe this wasn't nominated for Best Actress. She's amazing. Go ahead, Lucas. I mean, I agree with you in everything. I think that it, the fact that you can get an actress who has very little credits to her name, is not particularly famous, can come in and beat DDL in his own movie? Like, that's ridiculous. She outshines him, I think, in almost every scene. She she has this just power, and he is absolutely mesmerized the entire film. And she's just amazing. I, I can't think of – I never knew going, going to this movie 
that I was going to walk out going, Vicky Creeps is the performance from Phantom Thread, not Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, they're both amazing, but she's uh, the best performance in that movie. Okay. Um, somebody's going to have to fill me in. Um, <laughs> I don't get the hype for this movie. Um, I fell asleep in this movie. <laughs> um I just, I, I, I don't get it. I honestly, it's a very uncody movie as well. To be fair, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. I just find this movie incredibly boring. Um, and maybe, maybe they're just too complex for me. Maybe I'm just too not at the level of you two. But let me tell you, this movie is boring <laughs> as shit to me. And I honestly find her all really boring, like beyond. Like you say that she beat Daniel Day Lewis, and I am literally sitting here, what? I don't believe you at all. Because the second time I watched it and I stayed awake, I mean, it's fine. It's an okay movie, but it's nowhere near Daniel Day Lewis's best movies at all. And the overall movie is a snorefest. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, please do that, Zach Ford. Um, <laughs> thanks for showing up, though. I appreciate it. Uh, Coho Kirk, I just really am curious. Um, why did this uh, performance miss your list? It's called I've seen the movie. Uh, I'll let you go ahead, Kirk. I I haven't seen Phantom Thread yet, so Boo. I watched go. this movie in yeah. a theater, and I looked at my watch thirty minutes in and said, "I think I should leave because I don't think this is going to get any better." And I said, "No, I'll stay. God, it's the best picture nominee. I think it should stay." So I stayed all the way through, and I regret staying. I should have left because Vicky Crepes is not good in this movie, uh, and she's the focus. Oh. Dog, didn't focus. you watch Beauty and the Beast live action and you wanted to walk out of Phantom Thread? Like, <laughs> I what are you talking about? At least Beauty and the Beast is a good story. This is bullshit. Uh, oh my Crape, god. Vicky Crace is literally <laughs> the most boring performance in this cool. movie. To say, oh, that she beat, to say that she beat DDL in this movie is ridiculous. The only reason why I stayed was because DDL was adequate. Who likes nuance anyway? No, who likes nuance? Yeah. Me and Lucas have had this <laughs> argument many times. Anyway, bringing us back. Uh, bringing us back. Go to six. Go to your six. Uh, my number six. I think this might be a punt uh, or yikes. You know, we'll see. It's Adam Driver and Marriage Story. Yikes. Yeah, uh, I kind of figured that. Uh, my number it five. Twenty nineteen. It is. Uh, my number five. I yeah. I, I have a feeling that I will be able to talk about this. Uh, it is a delightfully underrated performance, and that's Carrie Mulligan's performance in Wildlife. Um, <sighs> Wildlife. One of my most like. One of my favorite, most underrated films of the of the 2010s, I think. Um, just Paul Dano's directorial debut, and there's just this powerful sadness um, that uh, that that Carrie Mulligan carries throughout this entire movie. You know, she she plays this this housewife um, in the Midwest, and and Jake Gyllenhaal and her have a lot of tension, and their marriage is not necessarily the best, and she has to sort of go on this path of self discovery, and you know, she doesn't necessarily like herself very much. Like a lot of times, there's a lot of self loathing going on, and but it's just an incredibly empathetic and human performance that I think is just so warm. Um, and she completely, like, the entire movie is just on her shoulders. And I think she is astounding um, in this movie. It's a really, you know, quiet or understated type of role and movie. Uh, but there's a scene particularly where, where Bill Kant's character goes and has dinner at their house. And it's, like, the most anxious I've been in, in a movie in, in a long time. And I just think this is a great movie and an incredible performance. I think Carrie Mulligan is, like, one of the great actors of this generation. I, I wish that she was appreciated more, um, but I think she's amazing in wildlife and I wish that more people would see this movie. Okay. So um, 
basically, you sent me this yesterday. Um, I had a full thing of matches to do last night, and then I worked today, so I could only get one movie in. I chose the other movie because uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, I'm kind of happy that I took the other one, but I'm really excited to watch this movie because uh, I was really surprised with your last one that you showed me, you told me about. So, um, can't say anything wrong with it. Uh, I'll have to watch it and see, but. Um, I will definitely get to it this year. It will probably be the, my next watch, so I'm excited to uh, actually see this movie. Um, Kirk, uh, actually, Lucas, you had an actual reaction to this uh, with this choice. Uh, why did this miss your list? And then Coho and Kirk, you can go after. I mean, this is – I haven't seen this. It's the biggest reason. This is actually a movie that's been the top of my watch list for, like, a really long time, and I keep trying to get to it. It's a really small release. It's kind of hard to get. Um and uh, but I hear amazing things, so I applaud Paul for putting it on his list because I hear fantastic things for the movie. Very excited to watch it. Whoever wants to go, I have not uh, seen this one yet either. So yeah, I haven't seen it either. No, that's fair. Okay, well at least we're all in the same boat here. Cool. Um, <laughs> so you didn't pick a bad movie, apparently. Uh, let's go to your four. Uh, I tried not to do this as much just because I wanted to be a, a little a little nicer to the panel and to Cody. Um, but this this is a, a foreign film, uh, and the performance is, is Ando Sakura's performance in Shoplifters. Um, she plays the sort of matriarch of this this makeshift family, um, and I think there's a lot of performances from this movie you could highlight. But I think I love that her character is such an enigma, and it's really hard to nail her down. You don't really understand her interiority until the movie gets really really far into its runtime. And I think that when it takes the the turn that it takes about um, two thirds of the way in, I think it really recontextualizes everything that she's doing up until that point. Um, and I just think that she she plays so many different shades and colors, like she's different thing at work than she is with with the family. Um, and I just think again, she carries so much emotional weight of this movie, and so many of the important moments are are based on her. Um, and it's really a different it's a different type of performance. It's kind of a little more subtle. There's it's not as like dramatic in these big sweeping moments. Um, a lot of it is more casual, you know, there's just like conversations that she's having, but I think the way that she executes that is really great. Um, and it's an incredible movie too, but I just think that she's a very, very underrated performance and uh, I think amazing movie, amazing performance. 36 episodes in, I have finally seen Shoplifters. <laughs> Ooh, finally off my list. Um, so far that is two foreign films this year, which, uh, beats my previous record of zero probably in the past year. So I am slowly trying to become an, um, a stop being an uncultured twine. Um, I love this movie. Uh, this movie had me completely uh, enthralled. Again, I, I was probably one of those people you consider that I don't want to read a film. Like I figured that I missed stuff or like, I don't like, that's just how I kind of looked at it for the longest time. And for Parasite and this to like completely like, bring me in the entire time and like the story and the acting performances throughout this entire cast. Honestly, I think the cast is insane in this movie. Um, I absolutely love this movie Four is a fantastic choice for this movie. I would have been a little surprised. I would have expected a little higher, uh, knowing after seeing it today, I'm really, I would probably put it a little higher. Um, I think this movie's fantastic. So thanks Paul. You finally got me to see a film that I, I actually like. So awesome. <laughs> Um, everybody else on Shoplifters, uh, Lucas, you didn't have it. Kirk, you, you guys didn't have it, so why did this one miss it? Have you not seen it? What's going on? Yeah, this one's still sitting at the top of my watch list. Um, I'm not, I, I mean, I like, um, foreign language films. That's, that's not the problem. It's just, I have 
it's hard to get the time because when I watch him, I have to sit down and watch him. It can't be one of those things where I put something on and I can get distracted. Um, so I really just haven't had the opportunity to look at it yet. Um, but it's definitely one I, um, I'm very excited to see. It's on Hulu, by the way, for anyone who's interested. It in is. It. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, we it's, it's a it's an amazing movie. Um, it, the only reason it misses my list is because I feel like it's one of, I think Moonlight also falls in the same category. It's just like they're ensemble movies to me, and I have trouble picking out a performance. I agree, the mom is fantastic. I think the dad is also fantastic. I think it has one of the scariest scenes in any movie of the last ten years. Um, fantastic film, just a movie that didn't have a performance that I could pick out as the one I wanted to recognize from it. I think Lily Frankie would be fine. It would be a good choice to who, who plays the father. He's also amazing. Mm. Yeah. I've yet to see it. So. Okay. okay. Uh, we're going Coho. What's your seven? All righty. Let's get right into it. Then. My number seven is uh, Saoirse Ronan from Lady Bird. Yikes. Cool. My number six is Christian Bale in The Fighter. Um, I ended up uh, going with The Fighter over Vice because uh, I – well, did a scene for scene balance, and I think he's better than the fighter. Uh, Bale com- kind of completely gets transformed in this one. Uh, both are transformative. It's just I think he I barely recognize him in the fighter. Um, and that whole performance, you feel for him, but you also are almost scolding him, and you want him to get better, but you also like you trust him for like the first half of the movie is totally being there, and then in the second half you're like I don't know if I can trust you, but I want you to do well, and I and you really connect with Bale throughout the movie and he's the one that you really just cheer for and he kind of moves into this sort of mentorship role uh, while trying to get better. I think he's excellent uh, in The Fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, it's not a secret that Coho kind of, put, he puts the show together, he sees all the list beforehand. He does a really good acting job of when he wants to say what he wants to, but when he was coming up with his list and talking into it, and he's literally said Vice, I said, oh my god. I said, if you're going to pick a bail performance, please Thank put god the he fighter. That. I said, yeah. please put the fighter. And he's he, great. He, he, stop. Um, uh, he's the best part makeup, of that His makeup artist that's, is really good true. in Vice. Um, Fourth or fifth best bail performance of the decade, maybe? Yeah. His so, Vice? Yeah. So I basically thought, I think the fighter is like, I love the fighter. Um, I think the movie is incredible, and I think his performance is what lifts it. Um, I, I don't know why I'm in love with it. Maybe it's the setting. Maybe it's you know the story. I don't know, but I am just big crack in love fan. With it. Big crack fan. <laughs> <laughs> big crack fan. Love, love, love substance abuse. Um, so uh, yeah, but I think his, this is by far better than Vice by a mile. Uh, so uh, I'm so glad that you decided to finally put the correct choice on that. Scene for scene. I wonder how long that took you to decide which one's better. Well, you see, no, it's clear. I just, I went to, I, by saying scene for scene, I went to the big scene that I like usually think of him for Vice for, and I went to the big scene from the fighter that I usually think of him for. And wow. I let them make it wow. What, what big scene, scene from Vice? Wow. <laughs> Fuck you. The power. Piss off. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so. Technically, what's saying that Bale did not make anybody's list for the decade. That's disgusting. So, as some, as maybe I'm wrong, but I would consider Bale one of the best actors working today. Um, why not? Uh, <laughs> this fucker. This uh, guy. I, I see what you did there. Um, why no Bale? And better yet, why no fighter? I'll go first. Uh, uh, I think Bale's got a high batting average. He doesn't have a lot of performances that really just knock my socks off, is the thing for me. Like, he always comes to play. 
Um, and I think this is sort of well known, I guess, with, with people in this community, but I'm not a David O. Russell fan really almost at all. Uh, and I don't really like this movie very much. I mean, he's definitely barred it better than Mark Wahlberg in it. Um, but I just think that there's something about this performance that's a little, you don't quite get into his in, the interior of his mind the way that I kind of would like to with a character like this. I feel like you don't, he doesn't let you in in the way that I think would really um, make his performance elevate the movie. And yeah, just not quite. Yeah, if I was going to go uh, with a Bale performance, it honestly might be Ford and Ferrari or something like that. Like, I, I think That's he's pretty great in that. Um, but just not, yeah, just not quite for me. That's fair. Uh, this was probably, this was on my short list, uh, probably would have been top 15, top 20, somewhere in there. Um, it's a great performance. And yeah, um, I love him in this. And um, I also, but I was considering putting him on the list for American Hustle because I love him in American Hustle. Um, but. Yeah, I, I think was it Paul said. Yeah, I mean, to, to use a sports analogy, a really obscure uh, sports analogy, uh, Christian Bell's Paul Konerko. He's always going to be really, really good, but Whoa. he's never great. World Series MVP. So, Come on. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, overall, <laughs> yeah, so, he's going he's going to World Series MVP. Objection. Like, he's using baseball terminology to be too <laughs> great. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, I'm. <laughs> yeah, I probably had like I probably had like two or three bell performances in my top twenty, um, but none of them just made the cut. Are but I mean, it's a great Chicago? pick. No, are you? Oh, okay. he's from Pittsburgh. Kern- from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I know, but I love the Cardarco like a yeah. thing. That's well done. Well done. I'm curious about that move. Okay, um, that does help your score, uh, Lucas. I mean, I think I'm similar to Kirk in this that I was considering a lot of his performances. And I had like, I was looking at Out of the Furnace. I was looking at the big short. I was looking at the fighter. It was just kind of like a lot. I was looking at Hostels. He has a lot of performances that are really good, but none of them really like stuck out to me. It was like, I have to put that in the list. It was a lot of like, I can consider a lot of these, but I'm never going to like pick necessarily one of them. He's like an MVP runner up to use another baseball analogy. It's like Michael Young. I think he's more of a Michael Young than a Paul Oh, That's a good one. Yeah. Does he wear buzzers <laughs> or not? Okay, we'll get back to that later. And it's different. Don't rip his, don't rip his jersey. Don't rip and his jersey, Cody. Stop it. Um, he, okay. He's very bashful. He doesn't like his chest being seen. <laughs> okay. Um, God, both of our teams suck right now. Okay. Um, let's go to your five. Uh, my number five is uh, the great Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master. Um, I saw oh, the wow. I saw the Master. After I, after I saw um, I saw Phantom Thread, and then I saw Boogie Nights. And Boogie Nights saved any interest I had in PTA. Uh, and I was like, maybe I just don't like Phantom Thread, and he might have another one. And the master confirmed that I like PTA, for the most part. Uh, and this performance was the thing that really got me invested in the master as a whole. I think uh, Hoffman is extremely charismatic, uh, while also being a little bit crazy. Uh, and like, he always makes you think that no matter what, how ridiculous the things he's saying, you buy into it because he has you sort of in that trance that he needs to as a character and in this performance, like he does ever watch Phoenix stuff the movie. So, yeah, uh, I think you're all crazy for not having Hoffman higher on your list, if at all. Uh, Paul, uh, Lucas, you had it, right? Did yeah, he was my, he was my number eight. And, um... Kirk, did you have no? Okay, so go ahead. You two talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman, or Lucas. You talk about. It. I mean, I I agree with everything Koa just said. He's so good in this movie. The 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 scene where he has like 
testimonial scene with Phoenix is just amazing. Hoffman is an amazing actor who is just, he's just great in everything he's in, basically. It's kind of scary how talented he is. He's just weird and brilliant is- and fantastic. I mean, rest in peace to an amazing actor we lost way too soon. One of the saddest losses of this decade. Fantastic. Please watch The Master. He's insanely good at it. It's it's scary how good he is in that movie. Um, yes. So this is one that I watched because um, I knew it was going to make somebody's... Uh... <laughs> this joke got me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, I... I, the comment was also that I find it weird that somebody likes the master but bored by Phantom Thread. Um, I don't, I, I don't know if that's true, but maybe I, I just, I think those two performances of Joaquin and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman are so good in that movie. They're very like dynamic throughout the entire thing. Um, I understand why Todd Phillips grabbed uh, Joaquin Phoenix for the Joker now, because. Um, he was playing it before he got the role in this movie, basically. Not he just this movie either. That's but, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I think Phil, you're, when I was watching, I was like, which, why is everybody putting Philip Seymour Hoffman as the main person? And then I watched it fully through because I was, that was 30 minutes in. I was like, I don't really, like, oh, that's when, like, over, he's been in it for over 30 minutes. I'm like, I'm not really getting it. And then the movie starts developing more, and I completely understand it. I'm not, like, totally in love with The Master. I don't, like, it's not one of my favorite movies of all time, but the acting performances alone make that movie stand out, like, insane. I'm not the biggest PTA fan either, um, but this one is an amazing performance. Um, I already know why Paul didn't include it on his list, so we'll talk about that last. But, Kirk, why no Philip Seymour Hoffman? Uh, Hoffman and Joaquin were both on my sh- uh, short list, and in a weird way, they may have canceled each other out. And it's also the fact I've only seen The Master once, so I may not appreciate it fully, the performances fully. Uh, if I, you know, rewatch it a couple times, maybe you know I'd get more out of it. Um, not to say that I didn't love both performances, um, but yeah, I'm not gonna say the against the pick. It's a great pick. Um, probably would have been made my top fifteen. And I'm an Oscar snob. He did not get. Did not win for this role, right? No, or no. nominated? Okay. He was well. Oh. He was. He was. It was a weird thing where he was nominated in supporting actor, which he's not really a supporting actor. I don't think in this movie. Like I think they're co leads, and then I think because of that, there was some weird stuff about the category fraud. But yeah, he he uh, did not win for for this movie. I believe this was Christoph Waltz beat him for Django. Yes, which is okay. just Christoph Waltz doing the same thing he did through his. Before that again, but that's fine. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just jump in right here. Uh, this was on my list originally, uh, but I knew it was going to be talked about, uh, so I wanted to, to spotlight some other stuff. I think that objectively speaking, this is probably one of the four or five best performances of the decade. I think it just doesn't quite connect me with, with me in that same way. I, I am a big fan of PTA, but The Master has always been something that I haven't really been able to crack, and I, I haven't watched it in, in a little bit. I, I plan on rewatching it soon. But it's always just been a little distant for me, and I know that's sort of the point. But I, there's something that really prevents me from from loving it the way that I think. I, I maybe I will on, on the next watch. But I mean, again, Hoffman is like maybe the best actor of, of his entire generation. He's like an astoundingly talented person who can play so many different colors, and he's amazing. In this movie, but just 
I just wanted to highlight some other movies and performances. This movie also made me sad because realizing that he's no longer with us. So like watching his performance, I'm like, yeah. damn, like he was gone way too soon. Um, yeah. uh, give us your four, Coffo. Uh, my number four is J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Yikes. Um, so we're going Lucas, give us your seven and work your way up. Uh, my number seven is Dave Johns in I, Daniel Blake. So, um, didn't expect the yikes on this one. Uh, this is a really small British movie about a guy who gets injured while working and has to fight to get benefits, disability benefits, so he can continue living. It's basically this really small personal story of a man who loses his pride who has to give up on his, you know, any sense of like feeling like that he feels like the gut, he feels like somebody has to be able to help him. Somebody owes him something. He's contributed to society. He's been a good person. The minute he's down, somebody should help him. And you just watch this guy get destroyed. But at the same time he's getting destroyed, he's trying to help anybody around him he can. It's a, a truly astounding performance. Everyone, please go watch it. It's on Netflix right now. I got Cody to watch it. Um, please watch this movie. It's just, it's fantastic. Uh, this movie is the saddest horror movie I have ever watched. Um, and it's basically a no power to his own. Like, he does everything that he's supposed to. It just shows how awful the system is. And, like, <laughs> you have to do this and you have to go through this hoop. And he doesn't. He's aging, so he doesn't have the technology base like everybody else does, and he just wants help, and he can't find help, and he like ends up helping a family that he's no in, in no shape to help whatsoever, but continues to help them. He is like I've never laughed as hard in a movie at times, and also like cried. Like it was like it was the mixture of this movie that happened, and um. This movie, truth be told, will be would be a movie that I would have never watched if it wasn't for Lucas putting it on his list. Same thing with Shoplifters. I wouldn't have watched these movies. So I'm kind of glad that I do this show now. But this is why I kind of want like lists to come in as they come so I can start watching these movies because I want to have a discussion about them. And this one is – it's on Netflix. It's so accessible. It's not long, and it's literally captivating. Like it will literally bring you in. If I was making my list revise, I would probably put this a little higher because I think it's performances insane in this movie. Uh, I absolutely love it. I, I can't wait to watch it again, honestly. Um, uh, you're number six. Oh, wait. wait you, you guys did not have it? this. Yeah, yeah, you did not have this. No, so I, I don't, who I, has I, seen this and who hasn't? I'm just curious. Have you seen have it? Not. No, Ken Loach is a big blind spot for me. I've only seen one of his movies and uh, this is not that one. So Yeah. You guys sold me on to add to my watch list while you're talking here. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know how long it'll be on Netflix because I'm guaranteed it's not going to get the watches that, like, uh, the ridiculous six or some stupid <laughs> bullshit right now, but I guarantee for later. For one, a ridiculous six, stay tuned to the rest of my list. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, co top three. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Go to your six. All right. So, so my number six is Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street. Yikes. Yeah, okay. We're Yikes an actor, right? Yeah. yeah we're Yikes an actor. Okay. I have, oh. well, I have him at four. Okay. Uh, oh, you I have, have it higher. I have okay. Leo higher than that. So. All right. So we're waiting for Leo. So wait for the rev in it. Okay, go ahead. Bye. Cody's joke at the beginning pays off. My number five is Daniel Day-Lewis in Phantom Thread. I had Yikes. to put them both on here. Oh, wow. All right. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, now I really did figure it out. Yeah, I, I understand what Cody watched now and why. Anyway. And then your four we already talked and about. And then my four it, is so. Vicky Creeps we already talked about. Yeah. Okay. You don't get soft much. I kind of like it. I really uh, don't. <laughs> thanks for being on the show. Uh, uh, okay, my number seven is Tom Hardy and Locke. That's and, my ten. Okay. Uh, I am on record. I am not a big Tom Hardy fan. I think he's a huge tryhard. I think he wants you to see every ounce of effort he's putting into his performance every single time he's on screen, and he's exhausting to watch. And um, yeah, big I fan, really, huh? Big fan. And yeah, I, I usually really don't like him. So I went into this movie and I expected not to last too long, um, but he really defied every expectation I had. Um, he sinks into this role. Um, the fact that he is literally the only human being seen on screen for the entire movie, and um, he does such a fantastic job of becoming this character and everything he's going through, um, all the stress of his job and his family and this woman he's dealing with and, um, you know, just, you know, dealing with the history of his life and, you know, what he went through with his father and then trying the, the struggle of trying to do the right thing by this woman, but also by his kids and just ha seeing this guy get torn apart in a million different pieces and just trying to do the right thing um, is such a powerful performance and uh, he's and like I said, it's it's something I'm not used to seeing with Tom Hardy uh, at all, where he just becomes the role. Um, every time I watch Tom Hardy, I know every second I'm watching Tom Hardy act because that's what he wants to show me. And this was the exact opposite of that. Um, and I, th I thought it was fantastic. No one sits in the car like him. Okay. Um, <laughs> Lucas, right? Lucas talks about yeah, it. Yeah, Lucas so that was my number ten, and um, so I'm the opposite of Kirk. I love Hardy. I think. I think he's fascinating. I think he's interesting. I think he makes every performance he's in worth watching. But I think Locke does stand above. <laughs> um, I think he does stand above his other performances. Um, if you told, like, it's just, I don't think there are many actors who can sit in a car and make phone calls and make that an engaging movie. And I think that's just a credit to this. This is another one that's on Netflix. Go watch it. Uh, and fun fact, it's, Early in my the first time I ever heard the voice of Tom Holland, so uh, it's a little weird introduction to him. Uh, fantastic movie. Yeah, um, I, I I like this movie. Um, I didn't find it as engaging as I needed it to be. Uh, it might have been the time of day I watched it. Might have been you know how I watched it. I don't know, but I did. I did enjoy his performance. I just wouldn't put him in the top 10. I consider like when he's acting pretty much against himself the entire time, like that, that speaks for it. It's kind of like a movie with all these technical elements, but I don't really like fall in love with the story that much. So I think that's why it kind of didn't hit fully with me. I think it's a great movie for what it is. It just didn't really resonate. It didn't cap like uh, capture me, especially like I am Dana Blake. So, um, uh, so anybody, uh, you guys didn't have Hardy on your list at all. So, um, which I understand kind of, but uh, why why not? And why not this movie? You go, go first. Um, I like this yeah. performance. Uh, I saw this movie for the first time towards the end of last year. Um, and I, I didn't love the movie. It's fine. Uh, but Tom Hardy was the only reason why I was really watching it. And like, he was really engaging uh, to follow. So I think like his performance is good. Um, there's not really a Tom Hardy performance this decade that I can single out as one that I would fit in my top 10. But if I were to pick one, it would have probably been this one. Um, but yeah, 
it's not a bad pick at all. Uh, yeah, it's a good movie. I mean, we all know director Stephen Knight really peaked with Serenity, uh, the the masterpiece of 2019. Um, but no, uh, I, I actually I do like Hardy. Hardy's kind of in the bail zone for me, where I like a lot of his performances. I don't know if I necessarily love them. This is almost the anti-Hardy performance, though, because you know his face is showing the entire time, um, and you can understand what he's saying. He's not like grunting his way through dialogue or doing a weird voice performance. He's just talking about. He's just talking about pouring concrete um, the entire time. Um, and I think it is an engaging movie. It's just a movie that's solid, not spectacular for me, which is the reason that I just think it's a little, it's a slight cut uh, cut below the rest. Um, but this is a really good performance. And, and I am a fan of Hardy in general, but just, I don't know if he's given one that really stands out to me in the 2010s. It's incredible. Okay. Um, let's go to your six. Uh, my number six is actually Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. And um, I would this one again. I mean, you could have go went with either leads in this, either her or Adam Driver. Um, and I debated for a long time over which one to go with. Um, I knew um, that Adam Driver would be on probably multiple people's lists, other places. Um, and I know he has the showier role in this movie, uh, but just watching her try to hold it together. Um, I compare this performance to another one of my all-time favorite performances, which is uh, Sidney Portier and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, where it's somebody just going through a situation where they're holding themselves together, but you can just see everything brewing up ins- uh, inside of them. And I think she does that in this movie, where she's looks like, yeah, everything's okay, we're gonna, but you know, where Adam Driver has those moments where he really just blows up, she's just on that teetering on that edge the whole time. Um, and I know everybody talks about the the big fight scene towards the end uh, as the as the big you know sh- you know the, the the prestige scene of this movie. Uh, for me, it's the scene where she first meets Laura Dern's character and basically tells a story of their marriage and um, just all the emotions she goes through and the and the ups and downs she goes through in that monologue are amazing. Um, so I love this performance. Uh, again, I stuck with uh, one actor per movie, so I picked her. Uh, very easily could have been Driver, uh, but yeah, great movie, great role. Yeah, um, I think it's, I mean, this movie is definitely 50-50. You either choose one or the other, or, I mean, they're both great. I would kind of lead towards Driver, but I don't want to get into too much because I know he's coming back up. So I think she's fine in this movie. I just think she's outshined by Driver. Um, Just because of what he gets to, like, what he's given to do in this movie. Um, Zach Ford is killing it tonight. Just like I'm just glad he's in the chat. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, it's uh, and I think when it breaks down to like that scene of the main scene of the movie, the fight, um, just how they react. I just think, I just think Trevor's better in it. That's just my personal opinion. But I don't think she's bad by any means. I just don't. I I think she's just outshined. Um, uh, you guys, how many people had marriage story for driver? We haven't talked about it yet, but how many people had? Just two people? All three had it. So, okay. So, uh, why not Scarlett Johansson? Was it because one per movie? Obviously not with somebody. But, um, like, why not the other performance? Uh, For me, this is actually, like, my second favorite ScarJo performance of the the 2010s. I would have picked Under the Skin if I was doing a ScarJo nomination on this list. Um, I think that her stodgy and, and elusiveness in that movie is really great. But I think in Marriage Story to me, um, actually, my favorite driver scenes, which we'll, we'll talk about later, are not not the fight. Um, and But I do think that that, that scene with her in Laura Dern's office is, is pretty incredible. And she's really fantastic in the movie. Um, I think her, her monologue is great. I think the way she performs Bombeck's dialogue is really delightful. But 
yeah, it just was little. It just it just missed it. This is probably somewhere in the you know eleven to to thirty range for me in terms of favorite performances of of this decade. And uh, she's great, just not quite list worthy for me. Yeah, um, Scarlett Johansson is great. I did the one per movie thing. Um, I would push back and say she arguably has the showier role. She has more scenes to do a lot more like emotional like changes like Delora Dern's scene alone, like she shows more range in that one scene than Driver gets the chance to do throughout the entire film. Like at least openly. Um, but we'll get to that later. Uh but I think she's excellent. She deserves the Oscar. Uh hundred percent. Uh and I, I don't know if she'll win it, but I hope she does. She won't. I know. I mean I'm honestly, I think I'm a little bit farther out than these guys. Uh, ScarJo just wasn't in consideration for any performances. She's an actress to me that, while she's always good, I feel like she's rarely great, even in this movie. I think she's good a lot. I think there's a couple scenes where she's really great. But to me, Driver just really outshines her. It's it's in, it's in a two-person movie where he is clearly the A-side. And I just think he's much better. Uh, if you would have included Lucy, you'd have more people on board. Okay, let's move on to your next Cody, story. if you use more than 10% of your brain, you never know what things <laughs> you can unlock. Uh, my number five is uh, Ben Foster and Hello High Water. Um, this was, again, this is another one I could have picked two or three performances out of this movie, but this is the one I think, you know, and I went between him and Chris Pine for a while. Uh, it was a hard decision, uh, but I think he just does a little more. Uh, his character... Uh, just seeing someone in that in that life and what he's been through, and you know, trying to be find his way to be the good guy, um, even though he knows he's not. He know he knows he's the bad guy. He knows he's the villain, but still trying to pull through and you know, uh, do what he can for his do the right thing for his family. And um, he just again, it's one of those roles where he just um, he sucks you in and you understand where he's coming from and what you know why he does the things he does. Um, and just how he goes back and forth from being real dangerous and violent to like fun and playful with his brother. And you see like his heart uh, and, you know, just that, you know, you, you, he, that path, he takes that tragic ending. Uh, it just, it's just such a mind blowing for me. It's a great movie. Again, like I said, so many good performances moving. I understand if, you know, you guys couldn't narrow it down to one, maybe that's why you didn't pick it. Um, but yeah, he, I, I love him in this movie. Uh, this is my favorite movie of that year. Um, Mine too. Beautiful. Ben Foster, I think, is incredible in this movie. I agree that you could pick multiple, but I think Ben Foster is the correct choice. Obviously, I mean, I think that look back at he that he gives Chris Pine when they realize that one is always going to flee and one is not going to stop like going down that path. Um, I've also never looked at Doctor Pepper, uh, uh, Mister Pibb, the same way since this movie because I still find that line incredibly only only assholes drink Mister Pibb. Uh, I, I just don't think he's. I think he's super underrated as an actor, and I think this movie was like one of those in, uh, wrong with posture. Okay, fine, but I I absolutely love this movie. I think he's he's awesome. I think that honestly, this is uh, working with Chris Pine has brought out like one of Chris Pine's best performances. Um, so I absolutely love this movie. I absolutely love Ben Foster. I have no problem with it being number five. Uh, no Ben Foster and uh, no Hell or High Water. Uh, explain yourselves gentlemen i mean kirk did pick the better 2016 ben foster chris pine collaboration of, of the two possible options here um but no i think foster is a great actor um he's one that's always talked about i think we call him underrated so much that i think he's pretty pop, properly rated he's like an amazing actor and 
he's great in, in a lot of different stuff. I, I love him in this. I love him in Leave No Trace. I think that Pine is the performance in this movie that has actually stuck with me the most on rewatches. I see Kirk's cat disagrees very vehemently. Um, but I just think that Pine brings a, a, a fullness to his performance that I think Foster's character is great, but I think it's a little simplistic, I guess, for my taste. Um, I mean, he's he's amazing. You know, I, I'm not saying it's a bad performance by any means, but just not quite on the same level as these other ones. Only Paul could put simplistic and not a bad performance into the same sentence and make it sound good. Um, well, his character, not the performance. His character is, is I, constructed simplistically. Yeah. Um, I considered a performance in this movie. For me, it was Bridges and not Piner Foster that I was thinking about. I love Bridges in this movie. I, mean, I acknowledge that Bridges is kind of just doing the Bridges thing. Um, yeah, it's kind of just three people in a movie that are all really good, but I had trouble picking one of them. Never forget, Ben Foster played Lance Armstrong. So, fun fact. Oh, well, uh, I like Ben Foster and Hell I Water quite a bit. <laughs> if I was going to pick a performance from Hell or I Water, it would have been this one. I love this movie. Uh, it just kind of, I just kind of couldn't choose. But if I did choose, I think I would have leaned Foster. But it's one of those sorts, like, it's very much a movie that is those three performances sort of hinging on each other. So, Okay. Uh, let's go to your four. And my number four got yikes already. It is uh, Leo in Django Unchained is my number four. Yeah, okay. okay. So we're now we're in the top half, so we're going to trade three apiece. So if it's in your two and one above, so say yikes. If it's in your three, you'll talk about it at the same point. Uh, Paul, what's your three? Uh, I don't think this is going to be yikes. Uh, my number three is, is a performance and an actor that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's still Timothy Chalamet um, as, as Elio It Call Me By Your Name. Um, this is a performance I love so much because of the way he brings a physicality to the performance. I think that that elevates it above um, what it might have been otherwise. I think you see um, he reflects his emotional state um, with his body so often. Um, you see, like when he's really withdrawn and and sort of forlorn, he's he's on his bed and he's curled up and he's he's not opening himself up to the world. And then when when he starts to to interact more and more um, and and embrace his sexuality, I think you see him sort of be more open and free in his movements. And you see him dancing in that, in that club scene, which is one of my favorite scenes um, of the 2010s. But I think that again, it's, it, there's such a quiet, but also loud um, balance that he brings to this character. There, there are, you know, highs and lows. And I think he plays both of them with, with a really strong sincerity. Um, the, the last shot of the movie of the movie is, is amazing, I think. Um, and it's just that one unbroken, take um with with visions of gideon playing i think he's he's an astoundingly powerful and kinetic actor who's got such great energy um and this is i think the performance that best channels that energy and it's yeah i i was i was floored by this movie and this performance especially um and it's something that i think the more i the more i revisit i think i just get more out of it every time there's a little glance he makes here the way he plays the piano it's just there's yeah there's such a, a totality to to this character that i think is is almost second to none um, so my opinion on this is not going to be the best. And guess what? It's my show. I don't care. I've seen it one time. I wasn't in love with it the first time. I didn't really like it that much. Uh, uh, it was, it's always, the, it always comes with Oscar time that I, my theater gets stuff late. So I watch everything like as fast as I possibly can. And I don't let movies sit or I don't like, you know, go try to watch them again. So this is one of them. I've seen it one time. I thought it was a good movie. I just, didn't get elevated to an insane level. Um, so that's my take on Call Me By Your Name. I don't think it's a bad performance by any means, but it's not near my favorite at all. Um, 
So, uh, what everybody else say about Call Me By Your Name or Timothy Chalamet? Why don't you have him or this performance on your list? So this is actually a, a movie I think Paul and I have discussed like a lot because I know he really loves it. And I'm, it's not that I don't love it. It's that I, I think it's really good, but maybe not on the same level. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zach Ford. Um, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Zach, can you do me a favor and comment after I've made my points? So I don't have to stay, <laughs> I stay in the middle of it. Um, Great performance. He's fantastic in the movie. The ending is heartbreaking. I, I think Chalamet is a guy who's going to, if we do another list like this in 10 years, is probably going to make that list too. I think he's one of these people that's going to keep putting out great performances over and over. It's a really great movie. I actually did consider this one. It didn't make my list, but it, it's you can't deny it. It's a fantastic performance. Um, I have not seen Call Me By Your Name yet. Uh, Chalamet, I mean, I, I probably should see it because this is the one everybody talks about with him, and I watch his other movies. I'm like, yeah, he's okay. Um, so I should probably check this out to see, you know, what it's all, what everybody's talking about. But yeah, I haven't gone around to it yet. We're gonna have to ban Zach from the chat. <laughs> we are. <laughs> okay. Uh, I um, if I was gonna pick a Chalamet, I would have picked Little Women. Um, I'm not a fan of Calling by Your Name. It's not a bad movie. It's just it didn't really Thanks. Hit, hit me. Thanks. Uh, it's not. It's not a bad movie. You gave it your pass. It's it, the co-host said. It's not a bad movie. So it's it's good. It's a good uh, movie, guys. Well, I, the the performance from Calling by Your Name that I would have put if I picked one was Army Hammer. I think he's the best performance of the movie. Um, but I don't hate the movie. I only saw it once. Uh, I just if I was gonna pick a Chalamet, I'd go with Little Women. I think he's really great in that. I mean, he's great in what. Okay. All right. That would have made your listener real pissed off. I thought you were doing a Jeff Bridges impersonation. Okay. Uh, If you picked anybody besides Saoirse Ronan or uh, Florence Pugh for that movie, you're an idiot. Okay. um, Go ahead. What's your? uh, What is your three? Go ahead. My number three is uh, is Adam Driver from Marriage Story. Yeah, we can talk about about it now. Okay. So, uh, Paul kind of referred to it earlier too, but I don't think the fight's even the best scene from him in the movie. I think the scene where he sings "Being Alive" is the part of the movie that really hits for me. I think Adam Driver is in- incredible. Uh, he he's telling you so much by doing so little. Like it's all like Adam Driver does a lot with his eyes throughout the entire movie, but like it's it, it you can see it building in him the little frustrations. Uh, all the way through and how like at the beginning he's really he's committed to trying to make it work even though it's not going to and then towards like all the way through till the end where it's like he can't even express what he's feeling to his friends so he has to sing being alive uh and i think i think driver should win the oscar this year but it's it's gonna go to phoenix um which is not bad but um yeah i think this is driver's best performance so far and he's never been bad in any so he's excellent Second highest I think was, was Lucas, maybe? Sure. I had him nine. Oh, never mind. I had him second highest, I guess. Um, yeah, so go. I had him at six. Uh, my favorite performance is actually the ending uh, when he's reading to his kid. Um, yeah. That is the performance, I think, that delivers the emotional promise that the rest of the movie is sort of establishing. Um, I do think, again, it's throughout, throughout, it's such an amazing performance in that there's so many levels that he gets to. Um, 
Like there's the hilarious scene where he cuts himself when, when the, the person is visiting in his house and he's just profusely bleeding all over the place. Like I find that hilarious. And he goes from that to again, the tonality of that argument, um, which, you know, it's been talked about so much that it's almost weirdly become underrated as, as a scene. I think that is really strong, strong acting from, from both of them. But I mean, Driver's like probably my favorite working actor. And I think he, he brings it in every movie. He's got impeccable taste in, in films that he chooses to, to be in besides a certain one that came out in December. Um, but I just think that he's, he's an amazing actor and he's, again, he, he plays every color with, with such earnestness. Um, and that is what makes his characters. I mean, also he looks like a real person, you know, he doesn't have the sort of movie star classic look. So I think he looks and feels more like a real person than I think a lot of people that are his contemporaries, which is, I think what, what elevates him above a lot of them. So this is my nine. Um, I just have to say, I agree with a lot of things, uh, Paul and Caleb just said, um, I agree with Paul. He's my favorite working actor. Um, I just think he is unique and interesting and you can't keep your eyes off him. He's not necessarily doing anything that big, but it's like, you can't stop. I think the best scene in the movie is being alive. I think that's brilliant. I think he sings it really well too, which is like for a movie where you go in expecting he's going to sing a song, but like, you're okay if it's not the greatest. It's actually like really good. And that's not an easy song to sing. That's a really hard song to sing. And then the ending when he's reading the, the, the letter his wife wrote. And then like it, the movie almost ends with like, we've spent all this time breaking up and figuring out how to split everything up. And like at the end of the movie, you almost get the sense of like, did I, was this even worth it? Like, did I even want to not be with this person? Like, did I just make a terrible mistake? And you spent this entire movie he's brilliant. I I'll go to every single movie the guy does for the rest of his career. And marriage story is, is his best role. I almost put Patterson on this list. I love him in Patterson. I, it's really hard to pick it. I mean, even like what if as a supporting role, he is absolutely magnetic and brilliant in that role. Adam driver. Just fantastic. Um, yeah, I, uh, sorry, I'm just catching up. Q is the weakest part of Little Woman. What the hell is wrong with you? Um, why, why, are you why are you on the show? Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I think Driver Driver is the best part of this entire movie. I think from start to finish. Can you get your cat's ass off my <laughs> Earlier in the show, someone was asking for Kirk's cat's picks. Uh, All you're going to get is his asshole. So I don't know what we're doing here. Okay. Um, Be monetized. <laughs> yeah, like we're making money. Okay, um, so I think overall the performance from Driver is very uh, like Cole told me when I was like watching this. Like some people are trying to pick sides of like who's right and who's wrong in the story, and like it's hard to do in that. And I, I, I that's fair, but like, like Driver, I think they both have their faults, and that's the magic of it. That they seem like a real couple going through it, and Driver's performance of it lifts everything. Well, it's a movie that's basically could have been an easy lifetime movie, to be honest with you. I think Noah Baumbach's, you know, writing stuff makes that movie beyond what it is. But, like, the, a, a couple going through divorce and elevates it to, like, this captivating story of what many people face in America. And his performance shows that, like, decline of falling out of love with somebody and the hate and separate, you know, having to deal with a child in the middle of everything and watching what he says and does around a kid, like those things can all be used against you. So I think the, those little things without him saying, I think it's a beautiful performance. Um, probably not going to win the Oscar, which will tick off a lot of people, but like, 
absolutely, you know, it sucks, but that's what it is. Uh, but I think it's a really good performance. And I think he's very strong in this past decade. So I'm excited for the next decade because I think he has a shot to be one of the, the top ones working. Um, okay. Um, Kirk, you did Kirk. not have this marriage story. You had, I know, Paul. Yeah, uh, you do not have it. So uh, yeah, and, and and I mean, this is a big reason why I knew Adam Driver was going to get talked about. Um, and yeah, he's amazing in this movie. I'm not. I mean, I like him. I'm not as big a fan of. Like, I don't get excited when I see Adam Driver's in the movie. Um, I'm going to go see it. I'll enjoy it, but I'm not like you know on the edge of my seat for it. Uh, but this is just head and shoulders above anything else he's done. So yeah, I, like I said with with ScarJo, it was uh, this is the hardest decision I had to make on the whole list of which one I was going to put on there. Um, so they both deserve it, and um, nobody's wrong here. Fair. All right. Nobody's so wrong in the movie. Nobody's wrong on the list. Correct. Fair. Um, Lucas, go to your three. <laughs> thanks thanks for the, the vote of confidence, Cody. Uh, my number three is Mads Mikkelsen in The Hunt. This is this Danish movie where Mads Mikkelsen plays a uh, kindergarten teacher who is accused of being a pedophile. And you get to watch the entire town he lives in turn against him, even though there's these allegations are not verified. It's just like this movie you watch him, his entire life gets destroyed because of something that isn't true. And it's a heartbreaking performance. You get to watch this guy just literally fall apart. There's a particular scene during um, Christmas service in the church where he comes in and he like he's reached his point he's like what have i done i didn't do anything you're treating me like something i'm not the movie ends on this fascinating question of like how do you deal with this situation the final scene is like really complicated i'm not going to spoil it please everyone go watch this movie it is it's heartbreaking it's so complicated and like what do you even do in this situation how do you respond as this person you this is this town is your entire life and everyone is treating you like something you know you're not and there's no way for you to defend yourself you're trying to talk to your friends you're trying to tell them hey this isn't me you know this isn't me no one will listen to you no one will defend you and then people start going after you and it's just he's amazing and it it's honestly watching this and then watching his more commercial american stuff it's kind of depressing because He's so good in this movie and then they give him like crap roles like rogue one or doctor strange and it's just like i wish we'd get back to giving this guy like roles that are worth of his skill because he's so good in this movie and then he gets this the crappy blockbuster roles it's real cute lucas you tell people to go watch this movie i'm where where watch this movie uh i couldn't find it uh, public again. libraries go to your public library people I, th I think it's on tubi did you just cuss at me <laughs> Which is free. That's it's a free streaming service that like you can just yeah, sign up okay. for. Okay. Well, well, here's my viewpoint on it. I have a lot of things like this, and I'm just not downloading more and more on top of everything. So maybe, okay, sure, I'll check it out one day. But again, one I couldn't get to in the time that I needed. Um, so uh, who has seen this movie? Well, of course. Go ahead, Paul. Tell us why. Why didn't this make your list? Uh, it's. I mean, it's an incredible performance. It just. There's something about it that doesn't connect with me on the on the same level it does with Lucas. Um, it's another one that's objectively great. Um, there's nothing I can really criticize. I think that he he really does dig deep um, and sort of pull out these really heartstrung emotional moments. 
Um, but I just, just other performances is connected with you more, you know. Connor for real, just greater than Mads Mikkelsen in the hunt. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, uh, this and- is actually what I do want to see. It's on my watch list. It's on my 2 BQ. Uh, but it's one of those, none of it because, like I said, with, with foreign language films, you're really going to be ready to focus. But I know it's a real downer of a movie. And, like, I have to be, you know, prepared for that. I just haven't been. So I haven't seen it. But I want to watch it. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see, like, you know, like Luke was saying, Maz Mickelson gets all these, like, really cheesy roles. I'd really like to see him do some real acting. So, um, so have I'm you in, seen it? I have not, but I'm interested from that description. Right. Uh, three bucks on Amazon. Give Bezos your money. It's no, it's no polar. <laughs> let me tell you. Also, no, also, can no we never, can we never use the words to be Q in executive <laughs> order ever again? Because that just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, second right crackle. <laughs> but Joe Dirt Two was on crackle. Was on crackle. We're going uh, Kirk. I think for your three. Yeah, my number three is uh, Shorsha Ronan in Lady Bird. Oh, uh, yeah, I know that this. This I knew this would be the one that's going to keep me from winning tonight, but I got to put it on there. Um, yeah, this is. Um, I've said this before in the show. I think she's uh, one of the best working actresses today. When it's all said and done, I think we're going to talk about her as one of the best ever. Uh, so I definitely want to talk about one of her performances, and uh, this is my favorite of hers of the decade. Uh, I could, you know, so many movies like this when you have a high school student, uh, you know, I compare it to like a movie like Juno, where, you know, Juno's not a high school student. She's a 35 year old woman, you know, who's wandering around in this movie as a high school student because nothing she says or does is anything like what a high school student would do or say. Uh, where Lady Bird, and this goes for every, uh, you know, I could have said Laurie Metcalf, or this is one of my favorite ensembles of the decade. So many great performances because they're all so real. Everything that she does in this movie is so grounded, and so real. And exactly what you would expect a girl that age in that situation to do, and um, she just really is just—it's—it's it's so understated because it is so real and so natural. And um, I love everything about this movie. I love everything she does in it. And again, I could have picked probably at least four different people from this movie, um, but I wanted to talk about her specifically, so that's why I picked that one. Um, yeah, I had this one down at my seven. Uh, she's magnificent. Uh, she's my personal favorite performance from 2017. Uh, and I think she does a really great job of just doing this, like, coming of age. He's, I can't with Cody's face. I can't. I'll just, I, I've said everything I need to about Lady Bird on previous shows. If you want to hear my thoughts, I've done it already. Uh, she's great. Okay. So coming soon to your list sucks. Uh, I have banned people. <laughs> I have uh, I have uh, uh, banned topics that I don't want to talk about, and now I'm about to ban movies. Uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame, Lady Bird, <laughs> La La Land. I'm over it. No Mad uh, Max. Wow, no Mad Max on there. That hasn't been brought up as much. Like, um, I'm just gonna sigh from now on. Like, I get it. You've heard me. I wanted to jump out the car. I don't think this movie is good. I think this movie is highly overrated. Um, Edge of 17 is a better coming-of-age movie. Uh, fight me. Oh, get off it, Kirk. You thought Florence Pugh sucked in Little Woman. Please be quiet. Don't, don't try to get me off on a tangent here. I'm Edge not of going 17 to, cause, is cause, cause I have a Lady Bird. I have a mute button. 
Well, guess what? I'm trying to watch my weight. Okay, so oh. I'll take the diet over any time in that freaking bullshit movie. Um, okay, so can I please pass it to Paul, and can I pass it to Lucas, and can we not spend seven, 75 hours on Lady Bird since we've already done that on this show 14 times? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love this movie. I've, I've said it many times. It was on my favorite best of the decades list. Uh, I, yeah, she, she's basically playing Greta Gerwig as a teenager, and I think that's kind of an amazing. Um, her and Larry Lord McCaff together is what sort of make the heart of this movie. And I mean, she, there's so many scenes that she's amazing in, but yeah, she just it's a great performance and great actress. You could have picked a handful of different movies from Sersha and be Should very have. credible. Should have. Um, go ahead, Lucas. Um, I'm a little bit lower on this movie than the other people in here. Um, didn't make my best of the decade. I think she's really good in the movie. Weirdly, like the performance that fascinates me in this film is Lucas Hedges. Um, I may just be biased, um, but that's the performance that's always fascinated me. Speaking <laughs> of, Lady Bird. of diet of Ladybird, <laughs> Lucas is just diet Lucas Hedges, right? Yeah, it's like he's not in crack Lucas Hedges, hit me up. Uh, we'll have a lift off. Um, see who's the better Lucas. Clear <laughs> flex, but okay. Um, no, I'll I'll move on from this. Good performance. Um, wasn't really going to be on my list. Don't connect to the same way other people do. Keep going. <laughs> okay, um, we're moving on. This is happy time. Uh, Paul, give us your two. Uh, everyone loves a cool girl. Uh, and my number two performance of the 2010s uh, is going to be a little performance called Rosamund Pike as Amazing Amy and Gone Girl. Uh, this is a performance that I think... Again, it, it almost gets recontextualized within the same movie. Um, and I think she plays such this arch, um, difficult girl who's, is, who's so much smarter than everyone else. But then I think she gets such a firm reality check um, when she's sort of hiding away um, and when she encounters these people who are from a world that she, she has no idea about. And I think you see her in different environments and she's such a captivating and, and interesting figure um, just because, you know, when you see how she is at Ben Affleck, she seems like she's this impeccable, unpenetrable. Um, and then when you see her face sort of this physicality um, that other people bring, that's when she, again, she's like brought back down um, to be to being a human. She's so sinister. Uh, this It's a horror, granted a horrifying performance, but I just think she's, she's amazing in this movie. And yeah, a phenomenal, um, phenomenal performance. Sorry. <laughs> you all literally blocked Brooklyn, Malcolm, and Andrew Barr for five minutes. Um, because they were doing the Everything Smells bit, and they were on chapter 83 in 30 seconds, and I'm over it. I'm then, done. I'm trying to read actual comments. And what a shocker. Malcolm likes to piggyback on that. Okay, cool. Um, um, so when's Paul, like... I'm totally out on Paul's list. Then he brings me back in with this choice. Fantastic choice. Um, I absolutely love this performance. I love this movie. Um, I think her performance in this movie is so complex and so well um, acted by her. Um, it is definitely one that stayed with me since I saw that movie. Um, so I couldn't agree more. I think that's a fantastic choice on your part. A little shocking, I think, for me that you put it on there. Not saying that this movie doesn't resonate, but sometimes you like to go a little bit not traditional. And I think this is one that when I brought up the topic, a lot of people threw out. So I'm very impressed. Um, 
Kirk, um, when he brought up Roseman Pike and Gone Girl, you looked like somebody just fed you sauerkraut. So can you tell me why you looked like you were disgusted? Um, I was I was more surprised than disgusted. It's not. It's just a one that okay, I sure. wouldn't have have considered. Um, yeah, I, I mean, especially this high, it's it's something I I, w- I didn't see coming. That's why it wasn't like oh, I think it's a horrible pick. It's just a surprise one. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting character. I don't know how much of her performance is it's about. I think you know if if you would have put maybe you know half a dozen different act- other actresses in there, you may have gotten the exact same thing out of it. I think it's, to me, for me personally anyway, is more about the story and the, the uh, like this, like Paul said, the arc she goes through. I didn't get anything personally from her in that. I think it's um, important that we don't have a relationship to her as an actress because that's how why she feels like this outsider and you can't, she's so slippery. And I mm-hmm. think that if it was someone more recognizable, I think that would you would really lose that. And I think the casting is what kind of what makes this movie so great. And that's, that's why I think her characters really works in this movie. At least. Um, I'm really uh, like Kirk. I want to sit down and watch movies through your eyes and see what you see. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 um, it's awesome. I love, it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Cody, you ever tried not like in movies? Just try it out. Try and try it out. It's, or it's even great. The, <laughs> only like the good ones. Only like the good ones. It's amazing. Like, so many of them. I always feel like there was a mission. But you like once upon a time in Hollywood. Like there's a mission planted okay, from like Malcolm. Okay. I mission planted from Malcolm, Brian Michaels, and Kirk. Like they joined this community because they like films, and then they were like, you know what? It's better to hate films. Let's hate them <laughs> and like like the movies that are shit. And then let's just talk about it, and then get upset when we come out. Okay. Don't bring me in the same conversation with Malcolm and Brian. No, I do, I do not accept okay. that. I do not accept that. Lucas, why not Roseman Piper? I mean, I think it's clear why Kirk didn't like this movie. It has reporters in it, and he clearly hates them. Um, <laughs> I would like to shout out uh, the brilliant Thomas Scully for the hottest take of the century in the chat. So go read that. Um, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'll save you the trouble. There it is. In all its glory. Jeez. That's a, you blocked the wrong person. <laughs> that's a real one right there. Um, really good performance. Um, definitely thought about it. Um, I really actually fell in love with this, this performance after I'm going to little plug for a second. The rewatchables did this, uh, the ringer podcast, um, did this movie. And I really fell in love with the performance after that time. Cause I think the first time I watched it, I was sort of so, so, and this time I was like, yeah, this is kind of amazing. It was actually in consideration for this just didn't make it, but like props to Paul. It's a really good performance. Coho. I'm an idiot. And I just forgot about it. This would have made my list. I, I totally forgot about it. I feel like that happens literally every episode with Koho. <laughs> yeah, there's like, always something that I should have put and I forget about it and I just default no. to La La La. I'll, I'll put everybody <laughs> behind I'll put, I will put everybody behind the scenes real quick. This is exactly what happens. Koho starts watching. Like I come up with a list. Oh, I'll get your list. I'll get your list. Chance I'm, also I'm dropping. Up. Chance also competing for the hot take of the century in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> And then he'll send the list and be like, that's my list. What do you think of it? And I'm like, it's terrible. He's like, No, no, you you just take the screenshot of his list from the top 10 page that's posted 20 (laughs) times, right? Um, I did not come here for such personal (laughs) slander (laughs) by name. (laughs) You and Jonathan Peck in the top two in the top. To be there. 
hey, put some respect on my top fan <laughs> uh, cred on there. Anyway, moving on. All right. What is your pick, Coho? I've already told oh, you. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were picking my pick. Uh, sorry, my number two is uh, Sally Hawkins of The Shape of Water. Um, I uh, I really like The Shape of Water. Uh, and Sally Hawkins is mainly the reason for it. Uh, she doesn't, like, say anything. And, like, she, yeah, she's so magnetic and captivating. She doesn't say anything. <laughs> Her character's so mute. Like, no shit, she doesn't say anything. Sorry, go ahead. She's so captivating, and you really connect to her, and, like, the entire movie, I was just so encaptured by what she was doing, the entire movie. And, like, it's just, it's a performance that I wasn't expecting to have this high on my list at the end of the decade. I just did it. Um, and, like, I think the best scene, the best scene of The Shape of Water for me is when she is signing to uh, Richard Jenkins, and she's telling him, like, I can either save him or let him die. Uh, and he's just kind of standing there and, like, saying what she's signing out loud. And you kind of see it in her in her eyes. This entire, you know, like, monologue of just, like, how you how she sees things and how she feels. And it's just, I think she's incredible. She's an incredible actress. <laughs> I personally really like the movie. <laughs> Listen. Watching Lucas like he's a flipping ball rocket just sitting there. <laughs> like he literally lifts up and goes, <gasps> No, he shit himself. That's what, that's what it was. He was just elevated. No, guys, I'm super horny for a fish right now. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go on my soapbox for half a second. This All right, shut literally... up. Dan Merle already did it. We don't need to hear your rant. Okay. <laughs> I like this performance a lot. <laughs> um. Uh. Thank you, Zach like, Ford. I, I, I just really like that you broke down that um, that she doesn't talk and like <laughs> that's the like we get it. Uh, you see the movie, we understand that point. Um, I just I do think she does a lot of acting without saying anything. I, I do find the story itself very creepy. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. Um, but I don't think it's a bad movie. And I honestly th- do think she gives a, a very compelling performance. I don't think it's a bad performance by any means. It's just, I watched it on rewatches. It's not that comfortable. Um, but that's just my opinion on that. Um, I think Michael Shannon is better in this movie, uh, personally. Um, but I like Michael Shannon as the creepy, weird guy that gets his fingers bitten off. It's kind of cool. Um, what is everybody else's take on? I want to go to Lucas first because he literally just killed me. So, here's the funny thing <laughs> I just I can't stop laughing at this movie because, like, you know, it's, it's I actually really like this movie probably more than a lot of people. So, that's the funniest thing is, but I think she's like the third best performance in the movie. I think Jenkins is way better than her, and I think Shannon is also just weird and bizarre. and way better than her. And I just think it's a really bizarre performance to pick. Because, like, I liked the movie, and I was going through my list, and I'm like, oh, this is a movie that's, like, high up on my on that year. But I'm just not considering this performance. Like, I think she's good, but, like, she does some stuff, but it's just not a performance I would consider. <laughs> also, I can't get past fish sex. I mean, come on. If I wanted fish sex, I'd watch Aquaman. So... <laughs> what? 
what version did you get? That's not <laughs> a thing that happened. That's not a thing that happened in that Technically, movie. Technically, Lucas did like not like watch Aquaman, and that's fair. That's not how Aquaman works. <laughs> you got Aquaman. That's a totally different movie. <laughs> the Spanish knockoff. Uh, yeah. So I have have you know I I talked about this movie on our most overrated movies of the decade list. Uh, I don't like this movie uh very much. Um, but I do think she's good in it. It's just it's some of those performances where I think if I had seen like 200 movies in my life, I'd be really blown away by it. <laughs> but I think like the really the really overly expressive uh, spazzy stuff is just it's an archetype that I've, I've just seen done more interestingly before. Um, you know, she does bring a lot of heart to it, and I do appreciate that. Um, and it was weird. I, I watched Layer Cake for the first time last week, and it was really bizarre seeing her in Shape of Water and then seeing her as this weird British gangster. That was yes, yeah, Sally Hawkins is an interesting actor, but. I, it's not my favorite performance of hers, and I there's something about it that I like it. I, I don't love it. I think she's better than the movie she's in, but still not not in consideration even for me. Yeah, I like the movie too. Um, I think the, the the fish sex thing is like a real just cheap dig at it. I think it's like ruined the movie. Like that's all everybody thinks about this movie. It's a good movie. Um, I I like went through. I had a you know list of the movies of the decade. I was going through and I saw. So I thought about her. I'm like, yeah, she was pretty good at. But I never really considered her. Um, I probably should have given um, you know Lucas for me. I probably should give Jenkins a little more consideration, uh, which I didn't, uh, which was an oversight. Um, but yeah, this is. I mean, at two, that's high. If this would have been like a you know a bottom three, so okay, was Coho when he made the list. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, this isn't what I really put give a lot of thought to. Okay. Um, I think that's it, Lucas. Go to year two. All right. So my number two is Casey Affleck in um, <laughs> Manchester by the Sea. I know there's a lot of people who, going back to that year, had trouble getting past um, outside allegations and actions by this actor, which you know I completely acknowledge and I get. For me, if you watch this movie, and I think there's a special part of it is just like I am a New England guy. My family's from New England. I lived my entire life there. This movie is just filled with people who are New England archetypes. And I'm just watching. I think Casey Affleck is brilliant in this movie. I think he deserved the Oscar. I think it's the best, best Oscar actor performance of the decade. I just think his he, something terrible happens, and you just watch him hold his grief and his pain inside. And it's just below the surface, but you can't let it out because that's not what you do. And then you have the flashbacks and you watch the scene in the police station and you watch it just boil over. And I also think he's just, he's losing it. He's sad. He's depressed, but he's like tender and caring and he's trying his best to be a father figure for his nephew, but he doesn't know how to do it. And I just think this is a truly amazing performance. It's subtle. It's quiet in a lot of moments especially when a lot of best actor wins are for really loud performances. I think he's just a New England guy trying his best to live with a terrible hand of cards he's been dealt. And it's just every scene is him trying to figure out a way to keep going when the weight of the world is just trying to crush him into the ground. And really, he should quit, but he has to keep going. And you just see this, the pain... It's just, it's everywhere, and you just watch him keep fighting over and over again. I'm going to stop talking. I love this performance so much. I will watch this movie any day of the week. I know that's a weird, rewatchable pick. <laughs> I love this movie so much. Um, 
yeah, it's just amazing. Hey, uh, Depression by the Sea is not a bad movie. Um, I call it that, and that's not a dig at it. That's just the facts of life. It's a, a person really going through so much uh, turmoil, which is completely warranted throughout this film. Um, it's very upsetting. It's um, it's unsettling at times. I remember watching it for the Oscar season. It wasn't my favorite performance of that year, but you can't decline deny how great of a performance he honestly gives. Um, I personally love the movie. It probably would have been my personal top ten list, but I completely understand it, especially what part of the country you're from, um, and that the the amount of <laughs> the amount of. Uh, <laughs> You can pick out, well, I know a guy like that, and I definitely know somebody yeah. like that. And I, I I literally stood behind that guy at the grocery store, like, I get that stuff. So that makes sense to me. Um, I'm going to go to Coho first because I know how he feels about this movie, and I just want to give it, I want to start the Lucas Coho uh, uh, fight right now. So, uh, what do you feel about this movie, Coho? You love this give, movie, right? You're going to give me shit. For Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water when you got motherfucking Casey Affleck at number two for Depression by the Sea, one of the most overrated movies of the decade? Sure. No, okay. All right. It, I get wow. it. It's got Lucas wow. Hedges and it's your Fargo. Sure. Why is it why is it why is the performance bad? Go, that's what we're talking about here, not the movie. It's completely fine. Michelle Williams is better. And like I, mean, I would have like, taken Michelle and No, come on. Come Michelle on. Williams has limited screen Come time, on. and she's better than Casey Affleck's <laughs> entire career. It's fucking like, Star Trek. God, Casey Affleck <laughs> is not good in anything, ever. Oof. Except for the Ocean's Trilogy, Oof. and he can just sleep Oh, on. wow. I think wow. Casey Affleck is pretty bad, and this is just a time where he's different. And they wow. give him an Oscar for him being no. I'm the hot takes guy. <laughs> Somehow. So. Explain that to me. Uh, just anyone, anyone who used that explained, go look at Kirk's review of Days of Confused on Letterboxd. Uh, I personally really like this performance a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of the uh, Casey Affleck, David Lowry collaborations from this decade. I think that Ain't Them Body Saints is like a really underratedly incredible movie, by like with two lead performances that are, are just amazing. Um, this is a, a really, and again, a really great performance. It's a little too inert for me. It, I don't, it, there's something. That you don't again. It's it's a similar thing where you, I feel like you don't get to crack Lee um, in the way that I, I would have liked to get into. I, I do think Hedges is also pretty amazing in this movie. It's just there's a little something that keeps it more in the teens and not in the top ten for me in terms of best performances this decade. But he is he's a great in the movie. Um, I have not seen Manchester by the Sea yet. It's a movie I can get myself in the right headspace, and I just haven't gotten there yet. So that's one I have not watched, so I cannot comment. I'm more interested about your days to confuse pick right now. Um, but we'll move along. Uh, Kirk, what is your two? My number two was Daniel Day-Lewis in Lincoln. Um, this is a movie, It's I think it's very difficult to take a historical figure, somebody especially that we have no uh, historical reference to, um, no actual visual audio knowledge uh, previous, and make it a real person. Uh, bring humanity to that uh, role. And um, he did that with this. And I know a lot of people say, well, it's just makeup and all that. And, you know, I think the, I think it's looked at as kind of an overrated performance now, but if you go back and watch that movie, he's, he's so good in it. I mean, he makes Lincoln a real guy. He made, he made me sad. What if you've ever really been sad that Lincoln got assassinated? Like I was sad when Lincoln. Kind of American are you all the time? <laughs> <laughs> but never like, like it's like never 
hurt me. Like, oh man, he was like the the person, the guy's dead. That's that's what made me sad. And um, just like when he's you know when he's when he's fighting with his wife and when he's in the the cabinet meeting, he's yelling to guys and when he's dealing with his kids. Um, just so, and then, you know when he tells a story about the George Washington picture in the bathroom. Uh, just so many great moments in this. Just I just love watching this. I love watching it in the in the movie. Um, it's my definitely my favorite his of the decade, and maybe my favorite his um, one it's of my top, favorite his top overall. two for sure of DDR yeah. this decade. Definitely. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just love this performance so much, and yeah, it's my number two. You did. Um, okay, so <clears throat> this movie should not be called Lincoln. This should be called the Thirteenth Amendment. You're not um, wrong. That's a documentary. Uh, That's a documentary. Uh, okay, fair. Okay, but I, I'm saying like it should like this. That the movie's not about Lincoln. The movie is about him passing literally the abolishment of slavery. <clears throat> That's fine. I think the movie is okay. Um, this movie, the movie, I do not like as much. Um, it's sad when National Treasure Two. Uh, Book of Secrets does a better uh, Lincoln assassination than this movie. Um, it's a very shoehorned in at the end. It's very put together because, well, you know what happens to Lincoln? He gets assassinated, so we have to mention that in this movie. Like, it's very shoehorned in at the end. Um, his performance is great because Daniel Day Lewis is great. I think he, like, just how he changed it. Like, he's a, he's an amazing actor. There's no question about it. He he's going to do well in this movie. Um, I would pick it over Phantom Thread because I find Phantom Thread very boring. So, but uh, Lincoln, I think Lincoln's a fine, fine performance. <laughs> I don't think it's a great movie. So, um, okay. Uh, so uh, everybody else, um, everybody else had Daniel Day. Did we already talk about Daniel Day Lewis and no. the other one? Okay, let's, all right. So let's go to Daniel Day Lewis with Phantom Thread, Lucas, and. Um, or did it's just it's Lucas. just Lucas? It's just Lucas. I'm sorry, Lucas. Tell us why personally he's better than uh, in Phantom Thread than Lincoln. And then I'm gonna have Kirk tell you. Oh, he hasn't seen Phantom Thread, so this is not gonna work the way I want it to. So cool. Go. I mean, I so both performances are really good. What I was sitting down to do my list. It also comes down to the movie in some ways. I feel like Phantom Thread is just a significantly better movie. So I also just find. Um, I find like the original performance to be a little bit more interesting with Reynolds. Daniel day Lewis had to sit down and create this entire character. He didn't have anything. He didn't have a look. It wasn't an expectation. He had to build a character from scratch. And I think um, I've done a lot of reading about Daniel day Lewis and he has this really interesting thing where he builds all of his characters around the posture of his palette. So the way his vocal intonation, he builds characters around the voices and Reynolds is just another example of this. He does this in his other movies as well. And I just think he's a fascinating character. I never thought I was going to watch a movie about fashion and be that interested. I think he's just this brilliant, crazy genius. He has all these weird quirks. You're buttering bread too loud. You're buttering the bread too loud. There's just all these weird, interesting things. And then to find a character who's so in his own head and so narcissistic but loves the fact that he is getting controlled and then coerced by this woman that he – goes from thinking of as inferior to sort of falling for in this weird, twisted, bizarre romance. I just think it's a fantastic performance and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is best of the decade. 
I I I'll say that I'd argue that he had to build a character for Lincoln as well. Um, you know, I'm not saying he didn't have to. I'm saying he had more there to begin. Reynolds okay. was nothing. Reynolds was words on a paper and a name, and then he had to build that character. Paul, um, I think you could you could almost argue that it's harder though when you're playing against people's expectations, um, just because everybody already has their idea of what they want Lincoln to be. Um, so in, I think in that respect, playing real people is sometimes more challenging than than we give credit for, um, especially when again we don't have a reference point for them. Um, I think that these are both amazing performances. Uh, it's you know DDL is kind of kind of undeniable, uh, and I think the Lincoln performance is a little underrated almost in a weird way, just because everyone's like, yeah, it's just classic. Yeah, he's just playing Lincoln, blah blah blah. But I think he brings such a power to Abraham Lincoln, and like every time he's on screen, like he is the thing you're glued to. Um, I can't wait for co-host Neg where he's like, oh, this random supporting ca character is actually better than the lead. But um, I do think that both of these are great and worthwhile performances. Just, again, I knew that both of them, or that DDL would be mentioned at some point, so I figured I would give some shine to a little something a little different. Coho, Lincoln uh, or Phantom Thread? Uh, Lincoln all day. Lincoln all day. Uh, but uh, both are not movies that I've want to go back to. Not anything against Lincoln, it's just I found Lincoln to be kind of a slog. I think DDL's great. Um, I've only ever seen the movie once. Maybe I should give it a second try. That's why DDL didn't make it for Lincoln, but if I was going to put him on here for one of them, I would have picked Lincoln. Um, and I, I love Paul's whole, uh, his salty, uh, he's going to pick a supporting. Now, you left off like the, the 10 best performances of the decade, so you can talk about like your 12 through 13. Good job. And I, okay. I just want to... Oh, okay, I, I Emma Stone. Okay, Emma Stone. I'm going to give JTH a shout out in the chat. Um, I don't know if anybody else is going to understand that comment besides me, um, but that's that's brilliant. That's that's a great comment, JTH. The Star Trek one? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me also. Still, National Treasure 2. That's a way better. Uh, Lincoln's assassination. I, act I actually stand with Cody on that opinion. Stand <laughs> <laughs> um, by it. Um, and the Gates did nothing wrong. Okay. Um, it's proven in uh, We're going to ones now, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I, I rewatched this performance yesterday to confirm um, that I do, in fact, think it is the the great screen performance of, of the decade. I, there was no, you know, wussing around about, oh, what do I want to highlight and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that, that Michael Fassbender in Shame is the great screen performance of the 2010s. Um, he's just this man that eats himself alive from the inside out. Um, and he there's so many things that it's so obvious he wants to be able to relate to people, but he just can't because he has this, such this powerful addiction to just having sex with anything in eyesight. Um, and oh, man, there's such a power in it, a little, even, every look that he does, he, you can tell that even when he's in public trying to be, to be natural, um, there's an uncanniness. It's, he, he almost stands out just because it, he's kind of blending in. You can tell he's playing the part, but there's, um, a part of him that's that's bubbling right there on the surface that just wants to explode. Um, no, no pun intended. Yikes! Uh, but I again, I think Strasbender is like one of the great actors um, alive. I wish he would make better choices with his movies, but Shame is such a deep spiraling dive into someone who again cannot control impulses and is just totally at the best of of um, of their id. And he's that's all that he's acting on is is pure instinct. Uh, and he, he he doesn't consider what what is best for him or, or his family or his surroundings, um, and it's just it's so hard to watch. But it, you can't take your eyes off of him at any moment. He's just man, he's he's so power. His screen presence is is unparalleled. I think. 
Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. I think Shame is honestly one of his uh, better performances. Um, it's it's a it's a very uncomfortable to watch. I will stand by that. I'm surprised he, this is the first time he was mentioned on the list because I know how somebody feels about another one of his performances. So I'm interested to find out. But yeah, this movie has. I I don't think I I don't I want to go back and rewatch this, but I don't know if I want to fully because of how it made me feel the first time. Like I I I kind of liked leaving it there. Um, but I think it's a fantastic performance. Uh, I think he is honestly one of the best actors working today. He just doesn't make the best choices. I think he just likes to buy things uh, secretly. <laughs> so he has to do big budget movies at times to uh, <laughs> to pay for those things. Um, but yeah, shame. I fully stand by you on that. Uh, number one, maybe not, would be my number one, but I, he would definitely be on my list with some uh, capacity. Curious, Coho. No Steve Jobs is on here. Yeah. And I, I know how you feel about Steve Jobs. I made the conscious choice to leave it off uh, because I have already talked about it a lot in the last couple episodes. I did. I left it off because I talked about it a lot last oh, couple episodes. Oh, oh, my Because man. I was going to put Emma Stone on for Birdman, and I ended up leaving La La Land instead because I figured better performance. Anyway, um, but I love Fastbender as Steve Jobs. I just I made the decision to leave him off. I still haven't seen Shame. Uh, so Shane could replace Steve Jobs as my favorite Fastbender performance or the best one once I've seen it. But for me, Steve Jobs holds the top Fastbender spot, and it would normally be on this list. Um, I have I try to remember. I don't think I've seen Shame. Let me ask this, Paul: um, better performance or worse performance than Hunger? I think this is better. Is it um, okay? Well, okay, I'll have to go uh, back and check it out then. I, I um, and I, I think that a lot of that is the interplay he has with Carrie Mulligan. I think that is what sort of enhances um, the strength of his performance. I'll definitely go back and check that out. Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with Fassbender; he's amazing. Uh, for this decade, I would have gone uh, personally. I loved him in Frank. I think that's a great performance, even though you barely see his face the whole movie. And um, also, his version of Macbeth was really great. Um, so those are the two standout performances for Fassbender for me for the decade. Oh, Lucas's face. So you said that version of Macbeth was great. Um, so this is a performance I considered. Um, I think it's kind of fascinating, especially if you think about it in the context of American cinema, cinema, in that it's a very sexualized movie. But typically when Americans make sexualized films and films with nudity and a lot of sex scenes, it's about how awesome it is for that character to have sex. Look at how much fun they're having. They're well, having a Brit. A great... It's a Brit, not an American, to be fair. That, no, no, that's fair. Movie. But it still comes out in the American system. It's, I wouldn't consider it like a completely British film. Um, and you just watch this movie where they take it and they kind of turn it on the head, and he's doing all the things you would see in a movie that would be glorifying this behavior or applauding him for his, you know, his aura or his, his sexuality. Mm -hmm. But it's really this movie about a guy who is just getting destroyed by this inability to stop himself. He can't stop and he just has to keep going. And you just watch it destroy his life. And Fassbender is fantastic. And the relationship with Carrie Mulligan, as you said, it's just it's it's really tough to watch him try to hide it and hide the problem he has when she's around until she finally releases it. Okay, Coho, uh, what's your number one of the decade? My number one, if you're keeping track of yikes, is Leonardo DiCaprio and Django Unchained. Um, 
I love the movie, and I think the movie completely lights up to 11 when Leo shows up. Uh, he's magnetic. Like, the movie's great before, but it gets even better when Leo shows up, because Leo being that, that villain, that charismatic draw you in and then destroy you once you get inside character is incredible he it's i think the story he broke the glass and hurt himself and kept acting is like a given like that's you know he's a great actor we knew that but like i think it's the way that he sort of toys with the people that he's interacting with like you know that he like he's sitting here just looking at them like their lunch uh and he just interacts with them in such a like it's such a scary way that every time you watch it, it's it's you 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 don't like what you're seeing, but you can't look away, sort of thing. Um, I think Leo is incredible, especially in Django. Should have went for this. Okay, who uh, Wolf of Wall Street and who else? I had, had a, I had Django number four. Yeah, um, okay, yeah. I mean, this is probably my favorite villain of the decade, and he does such a great job. Like. Humanizing is the wrong word, and that's not what I mean. He doesn't humanize him, but he makes it. He he shows grounds you, him, kind of grounds him. Yeah, yeah. And and he and he shows you like kind of behind the curtain, like you know, it's like the anti gone with the wind, where you see just how really they're they're putting all these gentlemanly airs on, but how pathetic these guys really are. Um, he carries that out like he did you know, the whole Francophile thing, and it's all just posturing and posing. And there's really nothing to this guy. He just like he's just like a no good hick. And um, I, speaking of Fastbender, um, I kind of compare it to Fastbender and Twelve Years a Slave, which is another role I considered for this uh, list. How you just see how sad and pathetic these people are. And uh, Leo just carries out. He has he has that charm and he has that energy. But you see what's laying beneath it. It's just so shallow and it's so nothing. And he and he pulls that off so well. And, I, and I, that's what I love about him in this movie. Um, so yeah, like I said, my favorite villain of of, of the 2010s probably. Uh, Lucas, you picked uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, so Wolf of Wall Street was my sixth, and I'm a little bit shocked right now because I don't genuinely understand how you pick Django over Wolf of Wall Street. I think he's really good in Django, but he's such a small part of that movie. Wolf of Wall Street is the Leo movie. He has to carry basically every scene in that. He's got the crazy physical acting when he's trying to get into his car in Quaaludes. He's got all these crazy species. He's got weird dance sequences. He has to be this, this character who's doing absolutely terrible things, but living this lifestyle that is almost alluring. And then you have to watch his life fall apart and him start to realize that he has all these problems. But at the same time, he can't stop. I think it's the best performance he's ever done. I think it's a crime almost that he did not win the Oscar for this. And the fact, I think that we got the Revenant, which is a lesser performance that he had to get the Oscar because he didn't get it for this movie. I think Leo and Wolf of Wall Street is by far his best performance of the decade. And I, I respect to those guys. I don't understand how you pick Django over Wolf of Wall Street. I'd say to be fair, I think uh, uh, Wolf of Wall Street is, uh, I mean, he has a lot. I mean, he has Jonah Hill, Margot Robbie, you know, John Barenthal. He has a lot of people around him helping him out there. Um, so it's not, I mean, he, he is the focus, obviously. He, I mean, he's I mean, not, supporting he's actor when in Django Unchained, it's not exactly a movie with nobody. Yeah, I, I'm not saying, no, I'm saying he's, but I mean, like, he's the, when he, like, uh, co-host said, when he shows up, that whole movie changes. 
it becomes a different movie when he's on screen. And um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not downplaying. I mean, he was great in Wolf of Wall Street. I think we all agree he didn't get the Oscar for the right movie, whether it was you know your pick or my pick. It wasn't The Revenant that he should have won for. No, uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that Wolf of Wall Street's a bad pick. I just like them better in, no, in Jacob. I would, I would also say that Wolf of Wall Street, I'm going to borrow the terminology that Chance made. I've kind of seen DiCaprio do shades of that character in different movies. Not that exact performance, but sort of like pieces of that combined performance in like aviator and like in earlier performances of his career mm. but in django in django he isn't the lead he's not the focus he's not the person that has to carry the movie and he's also doing something i haven't really seen him do where he's like the batshit crazy bad guy um i've never really seen him be genuinely an evil person before uh so, so. I, I think I have two sort of things. One, I think he's not the lead in Django, but I do think all the moments with him are structured around his character. So I don't think it's it's necessarily him coming out of nowhere. I think the scenes are created to make Calvin Candy like the centerpiece of the scene. Um, I do think also let's talk about how him winning the Oscar, his Oscar for The Revenant. It's not the best. It's not best performance by an actor in their career. It's the best performance in that year. Um, and I I think that Leo in The Revenant is is. Uh, just about as good as, as you know, I think Fastbender and Steve Jobs is, is about equal to that. But I think that performance, it, it's about that year. It's not about his career. And I think that's sort of a, a misnomer there. Um, if I was going to have a Leo performance in here, honestly, it would probably have either been Wolf of Wall Street or Cody, can, you can cover your ears, but, or, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think those are his two great performances of the 2010s. Um, yeah. That I think that's a, okay. a weirdly okay. underrated performance. But anyway, okay. that's it. That's just a, a quick personal thing, but yeah, I think Leo again. Leo's an amazing actor. I finally watched Wolf of Wall Street after uh, not seeing it for my entire life, like a few months ago, um, and he's he's phenomenal in it. I just think he's great in Django, and not on the level I think of of Wolf. I'm going last on this is disrespectful for one, Paul. How dare you? Uh, two. Then you also bring up Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. How dare you? Here's this. Here's here's where it kind of breaks down. One. Coho, you lost your entire argument when you brought up Chance Ellison. Everybody knows Chance hates Leo because he's an idiot. Okay, let's be real. Chance <laughs> is an idiot with Leo take. We That's all get fair. it. That's very fair. Like, I don't know if he was like, he a kid in school reminded him of Leo and he stole his lunch and pushed him down the hallway or ripped his leather jacket. I don't know, but listen, Leo didn't do anything to you. He's a lot better actor than the people you like. Two, I would have put Wolf of Wall Street over Calvin Candy in if I'm picking from the 2010s, like personally, because I think, yes, I think Calvin Candy does great things. He, he bleeds, his hand bleeds. Those stuff's cool. Like he, uh, help you Ryan Permison kind of have ruined this character for me. Um, Cause if I ever have to see the gif of, <laughs> You had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. Like, uh, I hate that. I hate that with a passion at this point. Um, I just think Calvin Candy is that evil in that movie that, like, drives the film. But, like, the arc that uh, he plays in Wolf of Wall Street is so complex. And it, I don't think you, how you use the aviator as a film is kind of silly. Because it's not even close to what he does in that movie. Like Jordan Belfort is the at the from the start. The movie's about excess, and like that's literally he is constantly and that crawl to his Lamborghini 
is literally one of the most like frustrating moments for him ever. Like, just, like dude, like he's strong. Like you could just see the acting performance. So I absolutely love that performance. He's underratedly um, funny in that movie. Like that oh, movie's hilarious. hilarious. Also, 100%. Cole, can you just put up at Bar's comment about Matthew McConaughey real quick? Um, no. No, he is not. No, no he's because, not. That is one of the honestly one of the biggest best actor travesties of the last like twenty five years. Like the Dallas Buyers Club, most obvious, um, played out, terrible. Oh no, God, that movie's bad. That Guys, he won the award. Good. He won the award because of the um, TV show. Let's be real. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just watch. I wish I could watch that movie out of my my mouth. Yeah. Just awful, awful. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Zara. And I think next. <laughs> uh, next, up, next, next, next up is uh, Lucas. Yeah. All right. So my number one is Isabel Huppert in Paul Verhoeven's L from 2016. Um, quick poll: Has anyone here besides me seen this movie? I have not. Nope. So Paul has. Okay, good. Um, I'm not going to give away too much. Isabel Huppert pays a video game executive who is raped at the beginning of the film and the movie follows her as she goes after her assailant and attempts to gain justice. It's a really weird and twisted film that gets critiqued a lot, but I think she's kind of brilliant in it and she's one of the best actresses ever. So um, a performance that I didn't really know much about her before I saw this movie, I kind of just randomly picked this up and it's amazing. Uh, Brian Michaels, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Does that mean we can start spoiling Rise of Skywalker now? Because no one cares about that movie either, Brian. Well, no, we don't need to. We're not spending airspace on that. <laughs> Cody, yeah, uh, Lucas just did his his yeah. number one. I didn't see it. I couldn't yeah. find it. it, it right, Paul, talk. Uh, I mean, it's a great, again great performance. Very similar to the Mickelson one. It's. Um, her, her fear, I think, is one of the most impressive parts of this performance. Is you expect this to just be fury, um, her trying to get justice, and I think how it vacillates between her being scared and her being angry is is amazing. So it's yeah, it's great. Yes, Nazario. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. What was the? What did you tell Nazario, Brian? true or false? True or false, Nazario? That movie is in French. That's <laughs> what did you a tell, Nazario what did you tell, Why did you tell Brian to go fuck himself? Like I'm. He curious. told me nobody cares about this movie, so that yeah. was it. Oh. oh, okay. I thought, honestly, his response is pretty hilarious. Brian's response. <laughs> yeah. This movie is in French. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kirk. Um, my number one. Uh, I wanted to try and find something kind of original, do something like, you know, Lucas did something out of the box. Um, but I ended up, there's one performance I just kept going back to, and um, it was J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Uh, this performance, this whole movie, but his performance in particular, just was so, he's so swarmy and so charismatic. He's like, he reminds, he's like the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Like, he sucks you and he tempts you and he just whispers in your ear and he he tells you like he's he's wrong, but he's not, and he's doing these horrible things. And he's selling to, selling you on it, and by the end, you're like, yeah, maybe he's right, and you know what? Maybe he is right. I don't know. And he just plays that so well. That scene in the uh, in 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 the uh, in the club where he's talking about you know the two worst words in the English language is like, yeah, 
he's you know there's something to that but you know this philosophy drove somebody to kill themselves and you feel gross watching it you feel gross at the end because like oh he did it he it was all worth it or was it? and you don't know and i mean to this day i think about that movie and i'm not sure how to feel and it's all all that is centered around that performance uh and and what he did in that movie and he's he's, he's just so so beautifully gross that that character and I love it so much. Um, and yeah, like I said, there there wasn't any other performance. I said Kelvin Candy two seconds ago is my favorite villain of the year of the two thousand tens. No, it's this guy. Um, it, it's I, I, again, there's no other perfor- number one I could put on this list other than uh, than this this performance. So great. Yeah, this is uh, this is my four. Uh, I think he's fantastic. Uh, that movie lives and dies on J.K. Simmons for me. Uh, if J.K. Simmons isn't that good, that movie's still a good movie. But it's not the best version of that movie that it could be without him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think J.K. Simmons' character, you, you kind of touched on it. The thing about him that's terrible and kind of scary is that he's not really wrong mm-hmm. in the sense where he's like the most harmful thing that you could say to someone is good job. Because uh, it kind of makes you complacent. But like that philosophy is not bad. It's not like wrong, but it's also not totally right. And like that movie kind of walks that line. Um, and like, He's really great. Uh, like the best part of the movie for me is at the end, when he and when he just totally fucks over Miles Teller, but then mm-hmm. kind of connects with them again towards the end, uh, and how music is sort of the bond between them and always will be. Uh, yeah. And I think they, I think he's phenomenal, phenomenal, deserve that Oscar. Damn Absolutely. Mm. You're the only two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. J.K. has done this performance before. Before this film. Uh, he was in a TV show called Oz uh, on HBO. We are farmers. He is literally this uh, character in Oz. Um, through and through, he's that evil, sadistic uh, asshole. Uh, I think he gets a lot of credit for that scene. Uh, I think, don't get me wrong, I don't think he's bad in the movie or anything. I think he's amazing. But like that scene is the scene that defines him at this point in his career. Like, is like, am I dragging a rushing? Like, it's it's a great scene. I love it. Um, it's it's not my favorite movie of the decade. I know it won on the cool guy, whatever. Like, that's fine. Uh, like, it's it's a it's a fantastic movie in its regards, but it's just not one. I think it, the movie does live in. I think Miles Teller is great. I think it lives and dies on both those performances. And he drives that film, and he gives us ex- excellent performance that he's been playing for a long time at this point. So, give him the Oscar what he deserves. Um, uh, I'm so not surprised that it wasn't on Lucas and uh, Paul's chat uh, because one, it's probably was going to be brought up, and two, like. You knew with Coho, you knew with the people that it's going to be a brought-up movie. So not saying you don't like it, but you would put more attention on the other ones. Uh, so you guys probably, do you like this movie? I figure you do, but uh, why did J.K. miss your list? I, I love this movie. Uh, to make a weird comparison, his character kind of reminds me of Dickie Greenleaf in Talented Mr. Ripley, um, where it's like y- you so desperately want him to like you, and those moments where he does give you that attention are so gratifying. You know, those the small moments where he gives a little smile at Miles Teller and he and he he, he sort of congratulates him that it feels so good that you you just chase that emotion the entire time. You want to impress him so badly. Um, he is a super captivating and, and a magnetic performance. I guess it's just a little 
like the character is designed this way, but it's it doesn't have enough levels for me. It was a little too straightforward. Um, it's a again amazing performance, but when you're separating the ten best performances of the decade, it's just missed the cut by just by a sliver um, for me. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. It was just it's a really good performance. It was definitely close and to consideration. I do agree with Paul that if you, there is a critique you can make is that he's just kind of loud and angry all the time. It's just intense. I think he doesn't have a lot of yet. It would have been interesting almost to see like maybe a little more of him. And I think people also don't give Teller enough credit. I think arguably Teller is one of the most underrated actors because no one gives him credit for how good he is in movies. And they, it's always about Simmons and he's really good himself. And that movie doesn't work without him. So I think it's not all JK. Really good performance. Close to my list, just didn't make it. Okay. Um, yeah, we made it. I think we're done, right? We're done. Uh, we have wrapped here at our element. Here is your guys' combined list for the show. Um, again, this is how it determines how we add up all the people's places. We put them in the order. Um, so 10 is Rosen Pike for Gone Girl. Number 9 is Philip Seymour Hoffman for The Master. Uh, number eight for whatever. Uh, <laughs> seven fast. Yeah, the guy directed RoboCop. It's not like it's this crazy obscure person that nobody's heard. She got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. I just Phantom <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thread shows up. Oh, is it gonna Ooh. show up? Go with uh, Search Rose Lady. Uh, four was Daniel Day-Lewis. We chose Lincoln. Um, uh, Adam Driver for Marriage Story. J.K. Simmons for Whiplash. And your number one is Leo. And Django is going to be selected because two people put it on there. Uh, the grades for everybody's list tie for first place, I think. Um, it's Paul and actually Caleb. I leaned a little bit closer to them with Bs. Uh, this is actually a tight list. No one really had the worst list ever. It just sucks when the top three is something I haven't seen, so obviously that puts the grade a little bit down. Uh, so, uh, third is um, Kirk. He gets a C. Um, I think that was a C four. Maybe I screwed up. Um, and then four is Lucas. Uh, he gets a C. Yes, C plus for Kirk. C for there. It's slightly garbage, but I wouldn't say it's garbage. After I watch those two films, you're probably going to be right um, at the end of the day because you're right about uh, the. Uh, I did so I couldn't agree more with that one. Um, so is this co-host? Is this co-host's first first place finish? No. Oh, okay. No, no. I won musicals. Oh, okay. He, he loses the tiebreaker because he he should lose the tiebreaker because he admitted that he literally forgot a movie that should have been on this list. So listen, listen. <laughs> you like have more belts than me. Go away. <laughs> call it B, and then Caleb was underneath it. So next week is going to be biggest 2020 Oscar surprises. We're still trying to kind of iron how that looks, but um, like what should have been nominated, where it ranks in your list, your top 10 of what they made a mistake on. Um, you almost put snubs slash surprises, things that you think should have been nominated, things you're surprised got nominated, things like that. Sure. Uh, if you have any, yeah. So do it snubs slash surprises. Um, so put it on there. So like somebody not uh, – Greta Gerwig not being nominated for director can be wherever you think that ranks in your top 10 list. Again, if the topic doesn't do well with the list, uh, we will rip it off. Um, the next one is 
worst on-screen chemistry. Um, so I'm really excited about that one. Um, uh, Did Dom Rizzi and, and Dustin Mason in, in movie Warzone <laughs> together count? Or, no? ah, I yeah, that, yeah, don't you forget <laughs> about that. Everyone's number one, just saying. Uh, A24 is probably going to be a pre-recorded episode just with Paul's schedule. And if Paul wants to be on the panel and we want to find a different host, that's all within Paul and everybody. I'd love to, I'd love to host, personally, just because I've given lots oh. of A24 takes otherwise. So Paul wants to host, and that will be it. So please send your list to Coho. He will, you know, don't bombard Paul with all your lists unless he wants that. And then we'll figure that out. And then 20, uh, February 26th is Overrated Classics with Boatman. Um uh, we wanted to do best, but that was going to be subjective. And then worst, that's also so overrated. The better topic with classics. So send your list to Caleb or Caleb, and then they will let you know uh, if you made the list. Um, that's it, pretty much for the show. Um, again, not the worst episode that we've ever done. I'm glad we finally got Lucas on the call. So, uh, all right, everybody, have a good night. Keep sucking. <laughs>